Smoking Guns Podcast. That's right. We're back. We don't have Heinz Ward with us this time, unfortunately, but we're back. And we're going to talk all about uh, San Antonio football, including the Brahmas. We got a big event coming up this week, this weekend. Just a few days. We're going to talk some Gunslingers football. Got big news there. Got schedules are out and signings are happening. We've got a new quarterback, which may be an extra quarterback on top of our quarterback from last year. We'll talk about all of that. And then, man, there's football news all over the place. There sure uh, is. UTSA winning a second straight conference championship and then going to a bowl game. Hopefully they'll get that first bowl win and NFL stuff. Even today, today things are happening in the NFL. It's that time of year where something is happening every day in the NFL. Exciting time. Yeah. Man, football is so great, and we're here. So this is a great time of year for me. I love this time of year because football is going on. Hockey is in full swing. And even basketball. Like, I'm not as big a basketball guy. I know that San Antonio Spurs fans are always big basketball folks. All three of those things are going on at the same time. You know, you say that, RC, but there are, and Leo can probably back me up, there are some small glimmers of things to be excited about around the Spurs. There's not, like, the normal stuff that we're used to in San Antonio of these big, crazy, like, oh, the Spurs... Uh, you know, we're going to make a deep playoff run, but there are little things around the Spurs. Leo, am I wrong? No. I mean, the Spurs are bad right now on, uh, I think, even a record-breaking losing streak, but they're trying to be bad. <laughs> so, it's, Trying I mean, to be bad? They're, yeah. They're, they're, they're <clears throat> um, I, I hate using the word, you know, tank, but... Popovich is playing around with that lineup a lot more than he has to. I think he knows exactly what lineup he would have on the floor at any given moment in any situation. If he were actually trying to come away with wins on these games, but I don't think that's what he's doing. So no. And, and pop is a chess master. He always has been, he knows what he's doing. Um, You know, a down year, uh, in Spurs history led to uh, the greatest dynasty in uh, about 20 years in basketball with them being True. able to get a hold of Duncan, bring in Manu, and, uh, and get Tony Parker oh, yeah. all together within uh, a couple of years of each other. All of that started with just a terrible year because David Robinson was injured and uh, they just kind of fell flat and they wound up with a great pick. And turned it into Tim Duncan. And so sometimes these things have to happen. Like we talk about rebuilding years in sports. Um, I know Spurs fans don't want to think about we're rebuilding. But hey, um, with Pop rebuilding, that's the guy I would trust to rebuild my franchise. Is Pop. How many more years do you think Pop is going to stay with the Spurs? Not many. Not a lot, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. In fact, I am still on board. Like, I thought he was getting close to retirement when Becky took the job in Las Vegas. Yeah. And when she took that job, I was like, huh, I kind of thought that's who he was grooming to be the head coach here. Like I really thought Becky was going to be the head coach here. She went on and did her thing in Vegas. And now it's getting to the point. She's already won a championship in Vegas. She's going to have at least one more season in Vegas. And now I'm like, huh, 
Maybe he was grooming her. He sent her out to be, okay, this is your last lesson. Go out and run a team on your own, and then I can retire here in a season or two, and you can make the jump from the WNBA to the NBA as a championship coach. You've already won championships in your own right, and you can come over and take over an NBA team. Like, I'm not sure I was wrong about Becky being the next head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. Like, I think that may still be in the works. Could, could I'm hoping, yeah, I'm sure. hoping it would be. It'd be cool. I, I like Becky Hammond a lot. I'm not a Spurs fan. Everybody knows that. I'm a Mavericks fan, and that's its own issue right now. Uh, but could be worse. You could be a Denver Broncos fan. So, ooh, spe- yeah. Let's get to the, all that in the third segment. Yeah, yeah, Let's get all yeah. that later. But we do have to talk about your Broncos because, man, things just go. There's just not. We talked about lights, little little sparkling lights in the Spurs. I don't yeah. know that you have a lot right now in the in the Denver Broncos that no, you could be excited about. We don't even about. have to talk about them later if you're, you know, that, that's fine. We don't need but to. But that's not where we want. We want to start with the XFL because that's the <laughs> yeah. big yes. news right now. That's the big news around San Antonio, and we've got a big event coming up just in a few days. Saturday, December tenth, yep. uh, starts at ten a.m. If I'm correct, am I correct? On yes. That? Yes. Uh, we will be there. We will be recording live, and we will start we will. that at noon. Um, High noon. I, all three of us will be there. Woohoo! I'm coming back to nice. San Antonio, folks. Um, so we'll all we be there. You. Man, I love the coast. I love Palacios. We've had a great time here getting set up and getting things. But, man, I got so excited when it, when I finally secured everything. And I was like, going back to San Antonio for one day. And I was like, man, I want to drop out here. And I want to go to this place. And my wife was like, that's too much. That's You can't do all that in one day. Um, and she's right. So... Uh, but I do get to come back and uh, be at FanFest, be around all the Brahmas fans that are are uh, kicking things off. Um, so we're excited about that. Maybe uh, more than just the fans. I don't know if you caught the little blurb on the Facebook page, but there was a little hint drop from uh, someone significant that we may actually have somebody there from the team. Really? Um, okay. As as what, in someone what who was already, with? it rhymes with um, Schlein's board. Oh, that would be cool. Oh, oh, that guy. Our yeah, buddy. The, our buddy. The guy, the guy that guy. was on that podcast. <laughs> yeah. From San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. Not that long ago. So yeah. funny. So uniforms come out tomorrow. Um, in I fact, if you're see that, yes. If you're listening to this, uh, go check the internet because the inter- uh, the the uniforms may be out, and. Somebody was talking about, oh, it needs to be black with this. Somebody on Facebook just this week. Nope. It needs to be this and that. And they kept using black. And somebody else, I don't even think it was Leo. Somebody else was like, no. uh, uh, Heinz Ward said it's not black. It's uh, it's a dark gray. It's a steel gray. And I'm Charcoal like, gray. I know where he said that. I know where he said that. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> yeah. You heard yeah, it it, here he's, he called it what? Carbon, carbon gray. Char- charcoal gray. Did he call it charcoal gray? Yes, he did. It's uh, it's it's a very dark gray. You, you might even call it light black, but yeah, it's it's gray is what he said. He said it's not black like everybody's thinking. Right, uh, gunmetal. You can you could almost refer to it as gunmetal, although that doesn't really make sense in the Brahma's yeah. world, I guess. It does for Speaking gunslingers. Uh, yeah, for for uh, smoking guns. It's yeah, gunmetal yep. black. We're gonna go with that. That's what we're gonna say. Right, on. I like that gunmetal black. And, and just to, oh, I'm sorry. Speaking of like that charcoal gray, um, I don't know if you heard anything about the Brahma Mamas. 
but uh, we have our logo now, and yeah. the shirt. The shirt that I put it on was called Heather Gray. Right, another yeah. gray. So I mean, there's so many grays. And the Bravo Mamas, uh, the logo looks great, designed by an excellent uh, graphic excellent. artist that doesn't get to do enough stuff around our show because somebody else always takes over and is like, no, this is what we're doing. <laughs> um, but Leo put that together for you guys. Um, and and anyone who may be concerned, correct me if I'm wrong on this, RC, anyone who may be concerned that like, ooh, you took the Brahma's logo and you did something to it, they're not going to like that. Hasn't the team seen this? Yeah. Well, my, my idea originally was to go away from the logo because in the past, that has been an issue sure. that it looked too much like the logo. And I didn't want yeah. anything to do with that. No issues, no complaints. So I, I reached out to the team and I said, look, we're looking to um, get the Brahma and make it more feminine, maybe with the rose in its mouth, maybe some eyelashes and maybe some lipstick. And I got to no. <laughs> don't you why dare. Don't you do, why don't, don't you do, do this? Don't do that. And I was like, okay, well, what should I do? And then within seconds came their logo and they're like, just add pink. And I was like, yeah, mm, that's incredible. I'll, they said, I'll, use I'll our add, logo. We yes, want you to use said, it. Yeah. That, that's how much they believe in the Brahma mamas thing. And, exactly. and they, they want to be kind of sort of, you know, part of that. So, uh, that's a kudos to you, RC, for coming oh, up with you. something that uh, the team is really jumping all over. I think they've mentioned it in social media already um, multiple times. So something to be excited about uh, for RC, yeah. for Smoke and Guns podcast and for all the Brahma Mamas. Yeah. So just in case uh, listeners out there don't understand what a big deal that is, we've done this show for four years now, by the way, uh, or done shows together for four years now. Um, we right. started back in 2018, right around Thanksgiving, we did our first show. Um, we have dealt with uh, two different, three different franchises and a college. You know, we can throw in some some Roadrunner stuff for a team or an entity to say, take our IP, take our intellectual project, put your own spin on it. We would prefer you to do that. We've never heard anything like that. They have never, I none of them. Not the no. gunslingers, um, although there's been an ownership change. So the gunslingers ownership might be listening to this and being like, we wouldn't have a problem with that. But previous ownership was very careful with their IP, as they should be. Anybody should right. be careful with their logo and their stuff. But uh, that kind of access to, hey, take our, don't do all that. Do, do, do our logo and just put a spin on it is not right. something that we generally hear. No. Um, and from then teams. they actually said, because I asked the question, um, something about resolution. And they're like, no, contact this person and they'll get you everything that you need. That's and excellent. so that's huge. Now, of course, I still wanted to add that yellow rose because it's Texas, the yellow rose of Texas. So uh, my buddy, my pal, my brother, I uh, went ahead and designed <laughs> that rose. And it's amazing. I love the logo. Sent it to them and they loved it. No questions asked. They love it. It really came out good, and and we were having some discussions behind the scenes about different ways, and different uh, positioning, and some of that kind of stuff. And I think Leo just killed it with the um, the the lightly faded Brahma in the background, and then Brahma Mamas right there standing proud with the uh, yellow rose of Texas in place of one of the A's, I believe. 
Um, yes. Is that right, yes. Leo? Um, yes, the first looks day. great. It looks great. Very exciting. Yeah. And, and you all already have shirts. You're going to have those. You're going to be wearing one at the uh, Fan Fest, yeah? Yes, I will. And so uh, Monica Galvan is the one who, from Commander Days, she's the one who made some shirts. She also made the swords that we would uh, da- dance with. And mm-hmm. so she's going to be making the shirt. So if you put an order for her, um, Lolis and I, or Lolis was going to pick it up from her house, and we will pass them out if they're paid for um, at FanFest. Okay, how do they get a hold of Monica? Monica Galvan is on Facebook. Okay. It's Monica V, um, in the initial period, Galvan, G-A-L-V-A-N. Yeah, she's part of the uh, Brahma fan page, and she's also on the Brahma Mama uh, Facebook page because the Brahma Mamas have a Facebook page as well. Sweet. Where's that at? Just I guess you just search uh, Brahma Mama. So. Yeah. Cool. And then for all those people who have been listening to me to us for the last four years, around this time I always lose my voice. So this is how I sound uh, during <laughs> the change of seasons. So just so you know. Well, it and you were horrible, but you I were at a football game a couple of days ago. Yes, I imagine that I you were yelling Friday. and doing some yelling did, there it on did Friday not help. night. It did not help my vocal cords. So yeah. Uh, uh, so what all is on tap for Fan Fest? I know that we're there and we're recording, but we're hardly uh, the the thing that people should. I mean, if you want to come out and spend some time with us, do that. But there's other things going on. What else is going on at Fan Fest? Well, as Warren has uh, uh, put us put it on the uh, Facebook page, um, it's basically by the fans for the fans. It's a gathering for fans to get to know one another. Uh, think of it as a tailgate without a football game. We're just going to be at a park. Uh, there's going to be lots of uh, uh, people there. Food trucks. I know he had arrangements for food trucks. A DJ uh, for some music. Um, we're gonna. It's at a pavilion uh, at uh, MacArthur Park, Pavilion Number Three, um, from ten to I think three o'clock is what the uh, the uh, end time is. But um, you know, it just depends on how how much fun people are having there and they want to hang out. But it's basically a hangout. We may have some guests from the team, like I mentioned earlier. Um, especially, you know, one particular, which would be really awesome if Coach Ward is able to show up to that. Oh, no promises were made, but some hints were dropped that it is a possibility he will be there. Um, so uh, that's pretty exciting just in and of itself. Also, since we've, we're talking about the Brahma, since we talked last, we've had draft. Um, yeah. Leo, that's your, that's your. <laughs> favorite thing in the world is is watching these names come across i saw you on draft day uh mentioning this player and that player that you were excited about um do you uh who are you most excited about that you saw them pull uh is it is it jawad pass or uh i think the running back is the one i'm most excited about now his name is is escaping me um yeah the guy that used to play for the vipers uh yeah he was their he was their number one pick uh, uh, his name is not, is not coming to my head right now either. Let me, I'm trying to pull it up here as, as we speak. Um, well, well, just while you're looking at that, I'm going to just uh, kind of go around about the fan fest. So there is going to be drum roll, please. A Brahma clause. So the kids can take pictures with the Brahma clause. Also, there's going to be a DJ. Plus they're asking us to bring an unwrapped toy 
uh, for a child or a teen to help spread Christmas cheer in San Antonio. So definitely bring an unwrapped toy. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got some that I'm going to bring for that. I think that was a great idea to to do that for um, uh, for the the Christmas spirit. You know, we're in December already, and, and have that uh, for donations for the kids. So uh, it does have to be unwrapped. Um, right. But yeah, yeah. Uh, good point on that, RC. Was it Jawan Pass? No, that's Jawan one of the quarterbacks. The quarterback. So oh, okay. yeah. So I've. I've got it here. The, the, uh, Jack Wes Patrick. There you go. The running back. Patrick. Yeah. Uh, that he played, he played for, uh, the Vipers, um, in the previous iteration of the XFL and did very well there. And a lot of people think that he may be the best running back in the XFL, uh, for 2023. Uh, he was a second running back pick. San Antonio took him with the third pick overall, uh, the first running back was Abram Smith from Baylor. So people from Texas probably familiar with that name. He went to the DC defenders, number one overall. Um, but the, uh, the Brahmas definitely have a good stable of running backs. Um, I think that, that I think it's going to be a ground and pound type yeah. offense. Um, they have, they have, I think five quarterbacks on the roster. They drafted two, um, and made a couple announcements for a couple of other guys later um, to compete for a starting position. And really that's totally up for grabs. Um, so it's kind of anybody's guess. Jawan Pass was the first uh, quarterback taken um, right. by, by the, uh, by the Brahmas, but really there's, there's other people on there that could easily uh, come up and take this. The, the kid, the guy from, um, uh, what was the other guy that drafted? Um, Anthony Russo. Russo, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I, one thing that they all have in common the the guys they brought in they're all about six three, six four, um, and two hundred thirty to two hundred forty pounds. So they're they're pretty big dudes. So here's what I saw. I saw a team that grabbed two running backs in their first two draft opportunities. Grabbed blocking tight ends if I'm if I'm got my information right. Grabbed solid O line guys and then grabbed athletic dual threat quarterbacks. To me, all of that reads mm-hmm. uh, ground game championship. Like like yes. like they're gonna run. I mean, they're gonna throw the ball because you can't play football in 2022 and not throw the ball some. Uh, this isn't this isn't 1933 where you just run and run and run the ball out of some sort of wing T or trap system, but uh, it looks to me like they're going to rely heavily on RPO stuff based on just, you know, the guys that they got. Um, They're going to be looking at some zone blocking, some RPO blocking tight ends in there, uh, a receiver or two out on the edge to keep you honest. But I think you're going to see a lot of um, fun running the ball, not just straight up the middle, straight up the middle, not, not Emmett Smith running. Emmett Smith was a great running back, but Emmett Smith had two gaps that he used, maybe four, but not a whole lot. He ran behind the same guys and, and ran through the same gaps and he got a lot of yards mm-hmm. that way. Um, but that's not the kind of running. It looks like you're going to see from the Brahmas, but it looks like it is going to be a running team. Am I wrong? I don't think so. I think, I think you kind of hit that right, right on the head. Um, that nail right on the head. The offensive line, they're they're young. 
but they have one or two experienced guys on there with a guy, a couple guys that actually have some NFL experience, um, big guys. Uh, they got a couple of, of tight ends that have a lot of size on them. Uh, that, so I think they, they could use, you know, they're, they're going to work with them on blocking. You know, a lot of these guys are developmental guys. That's, that's, that's the whole point of this league. Um, but sure. the way this offense is built, as far as the guys they brought in, it sure looks like they're going to lean heavy on the running game and be a, a, a smash and a, a smash and uh, uh, what do you call it? Smash and <laughs> smash mouth, ground smash and pound, mouth football. Smash. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, it's going to be a smash mouth uh, football uh, type of philosophy, which, which Coach Ward kind of hinted at in our discussion with him when we talked to him and I asked about the physicality of, of the team, what his expectations were. And he was like, what are you talking about? Football is physical. Of course it's going to be physical, <laughs> which uh, some people may be like, wow, a wide receiver is going to come in and be your head coach and you're going to have a running game. But remember, we're not talking about any wide receiver. We're talking about Heinz Ward, one of the best uh, blocking wide receivers that there has ever been. Like he enjoyed blocking for a running back as much as he enjoyed catching the ball. Like he, he, he loved to run a quarterback cause he's way more physical than any quarterback he played against. And he loved running those guys off the ball and blocking them. That was great. Yeah. He's a tough dude. And I didn't know in the conversation we had with him, I didn't know that he did all of that without a mouthpiece. I know right? crazy, right? Makes it even more impressive. Well, just yeah. for a little trivia today, which is December 6th while we're taping, um, today is Anthony Russo's birthday. It is. I saw that earlier today on social media. Happy birthday, Russo. Happy uh, birthday. I won't sing. <laughs> thank you. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> Leo, there, is, uh, there are some folks around social media right now, especially around the XFL, that are saying you have not seen the best quarterbacks that you will see in the XFL, even on a team yet, because... Uh, USL club contracts run through the beginning of the year to the end of this year. And at that point they can ask for their release from the USFL and join the XFL is my understanding. And there are lots of folks saying that the best quarterbacks in the USFL have all indicated that they are jumping. Um, so you may not even see the best quarterbacks, uh, in the league, in the league yet. Is that what you're hearing too? Yeah, that's right. That's uh, that's the word out there. There's going to be kind of a supplemental uh, draft in in January after those contracts run out. Um, that was the USFL kind of trying to protect themselves, knowing that the XFL uh, was going to be back for 2023 and hold their their draft and all of this process um, in late 2022 and open training camp early 2023. So this was their plan to kind of keep players away from the XFL, but yeah, a bunch of them are planning to jump ship anyways, just as soon as those uh, contracts legally expire on the 31st. Wow. Do you think we need to call uh, uh, Vic Gregovitz and maybe have him on the show and yeah, give his opinion about what's going on with the USFL? Cause he's in charge over there or he's way up there. Put it that way. He, uh, he is involved in the USFL. I know. Uh, he is working for, if I'm, if I'm not wrong, I think he's working in Canton with the pro football hall of fame as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he used to be, for those of you that don't know, Vic Gregovitz was the team president of the, co uh, commanders, the San Antonio, Com the real yep. commanders, 
the San right, Antonio not the one Commanders. In Washington. Yeah, not those guys. Um, <laughs> and he was uh, he was an excellent team president. Really built something in just a handful of games to be proud of in the San Antonio Commanders. Uh, now he is working, as I understand it, he's working for the uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame and uh, doing some work for the USFL as well. I don't know. We can reach out to him. We all have his Twitter handle and we all have uh, connections with him, but um, yeah. he may not be ready to talk about XFL stuff if he's working with the USFL. They are definitely in competition with one another, although I don't know how much of a competition it's going to be. Uh, the USFL is going to run their uh, hub city plan a little different this year. They're not doing one hub city. They're doing three, um, okay. but it still doesn't put teams in their home markets except for three cities i just don't know that's a big issue for me i I mean watching those games last year or or last season for the usfl there was some sort of excitement missing from a crowd not being available in the game right it just didn't look right it didn't feel right it felt like spring league football which was not a bad thing but was not something that i spent a lot of time watching the spring league so Right. I don't know. <clears throat> there was one thing um, this past week that I brought up, and I kind of got mixed signals from a lot of people when they announced the football had Danny Garcia's name on it, which I thought was incredible. But when I posted that, they're like, who's that? Who cares? Da, da, da. And I'm like, it's a huge deal that a female owner of a football league has her name on the football. But yeah. some people were just giving me some negative feedback on that. So I think we may have addressed this on the show before. If we haven't, let me be very clear in saying, if you don't understand how Danny Garcia being the CEO of this league, being the one in charge of this league as a female in uh, in sports, how big a deal that is, then you're missing the boat. Like, you just don't understand. Like, this is... This is groundbreaking. This is uh, breaking glass ceilings. This is a big deal. And so, yeah, having her name as the commissioner or CEO or whatever you want to call of the league on the ball that these guys are going to play with is a big deal. Um, Danny Garcia and somebody complained back when they were announcing the cities, I think. Somebody complained about why do they keep talking about how she's going to be the the first in a, you know, the first CEO of a league or owner of a league that's female. Because it's a huge deal. There's not even deal, female yeah. owners of female leagues. Female leagues right. are owned by men uh, and run by men. This is a huge deal. And if you don't it's see huge. that, you're missing something. You're just missing the boat. Um, and then some people were like, I can't even tell it's her signature. Really? Like, Because you know what her signature looks like? I mean, come on, you know? I can't read her what? name. You can't read anybody's yeah. name in their signature. That's what makes right. it a signature. <laughs> And then the, on, on a positive note, um, I did request a um, interview with um, Danny Garcia, and I'm going now to the second step. So whatever the second step is, they're going to that person to ask about a interview. Now is... I mentioned that I I was starting the first female XFL fan club called the Brahma Mamas. I have a, a, a involved in a podcast. I was involved with the Commanders. And I'm still kind of jumping through hoops, and that's okay. I don't mind jumping through hoops. But as long as I, at the end, get that interview with Danny Garcia, if anyone's listening, I really want that interview. 
there is a process to talk to the 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 CEO, the the owner of the league. There's a process to that. talk to the head coach. There's a process to talk to the ticket sales guy. Apparently, yeah, um, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to reach out and have him come on. He's been spending some time on social media answering questions, and uh, we wanted him to come on. Uh, they've even got him uh, set up in a process that we weren't able to jump through all the hoops quick enough to get him here. We'll get him eventually. Uh, yes, so that we can well. talk because I have, I have some things I want to know. I'd love to see what kind of price point they're shooting for. I'd love to see if they're looking to do any promotional items. Remember last time we went through this with the commanders, they did that inaugural t-shirt, but they didn't tell anybody before the game. I think they would have sold more tickets to the game if they'd have said, Hey, free t-shirt uh, to the first, whatever, 5,000 fans, 6,000 fans, 10,000 fans, whatever it was. Um, but they didn't tell anybody. We just showed up that day and there were t-shirts. Do you remember that? I do. I do. I do. I'm curious what uh, single game ticket prices are going to look like. Everything they put out right now mentions, you know, single game pr- uh, prices of $20 uh, for certain sections per seat um, for season tickets. So it comes out to $20, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the individual game tickets are going to be that same price. I don't think that's something that's going to be released right away because obviously they want to sell as many uh, season tickets as they can. And, you know, fans should be buying season tickets. I'm just curious what that price point is going to be. Once those do become available for fans that, you know, can't necessarily make a game, you know, can't make a a whole season worth of games because of work or travel or whatever. Well, I will say a couple of days ago, I swiped up or swiped right, I don't know, on one of those um, things having to do with XFL. Well, today I received a phone call, and I don't answer phone calls that I don't recognize, but afterwards it said XFL. And I was like, what? So I called back the number. Of course, there was a recording, but then I checked my voice message, and there was a guy, his name is Chris, saying that I, I saw that you, you know, uh, was requesting information about the XFL. And I was like, well, let me see. And then the number that he gave me was like a 321 number. And I was like, I wonder where 321 is. So I called back the number out of curiosity. Um, and he was from Orlando. And so he had said that, there, I guess I had swiped something. And I was like, no, I already have put my deposit down. And I said, and probably on Friday, I'll go ahead and get the tickets. I haven't done that yet. I have a big graduation coming up on the 18th, Francesca. So I'm trying to, you know, budget, you know how that goes. And so he said he would call me on Friday, but I was really impressed that he did follow up just from a swipe. Yeah. Customer service has been really good from the XFL and they're calling from all over the place. I had, I had some friends that were getting season tickets and they had some issues getting seats where they wanted, or, or, you know, we had to move some things around and, uh, we I put in we put in a request or left a voicemail and I got calls from three different people from three different places. Um, now I understand John, who's the the guy in charge of ticket sales here in San Antonio. Uh, he'll be reaching out to customers as well, so we'll we'll have representation out there in the customer service world from San Antonio. But up until now, it's been from all the other cities where they already have uh, you know someone established. Yeah, so I was impressed by that. Yeah, they're 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 seeming to do some of the stuff right. I mean, the right way. I haven't seen anything that's made me really worried. I know a lot of people were worried about how long it took to get cities out, and then how long it took to get 
branding out, but let's be honest, like the branding has been out long enough now that I'm kind of bored of it. I'm ready for the next thing. If they'd have released it in September and we were still sitting here waiting on, you know, uniform reveal tomorrow, talk about losing the news cycle entirely. Um, because at this point, like I've seen these logos, I've seen this stuff enough that I'm like, okay, next thing, give me the next thing, which is going to be the uniforms tomorrow. Um, I, I think they're doing things the right way. I know, I know everybody in San Antonio that's been down this road before is looking for the telltale signs of like, is this going to fall apart on us too? I don't know. It could, I, I'm not willing to jump out there and go, no, this looks like it's the real deal. Um, I don't know. It could fall apart, but I, you know. It, right now, I'm not seeing anything that makes me really nervous. I don't know about you guys. I don't feel no. nervous. I said I think everything so far, they're giving us a little glimpse. For example, I heard about the Brahma name a couple of months ago. It maybe got leaked out. Um, the color um, with the charcoal gray and the yellow, that was when uh, in the background of Heinz Ward in some of his pictures. So they have been giving us little, you know, um, nibbles i guess you want to say it breadcrumbs um so i, I feel like the pace they have, and they know what they're doing um when it comes to marketing you know it may not be what we want but if they give everything to us at one time then it was like oh okay now what you know well so and the, keep having us guessing the wider football world is not going to be paying attention until after right the nas- national championship game in college like that's the first right. chance you're going to have to really start grabbing some people's attention and saying hey if you like football know that there's more coming, but right now you've got college football right in the middle of everything. Conference championship games just last weekend. Bowl games are getting announced right now, and they're fixing to start. Nobody's paying attention to anything other than NFL and college football, and to try to make a lot of noise and get people to look at you in football right now would be pointless. It's all about timing. Yeah. Um, So what else Brahmas do we have to talk about our cover? Cause we've, you know, we're going to move on to gunslingers in the next segment. Um, fan, the fan fest is the big deal. Like come and have some drinks and have some food and have some fun and connect with other Brahmas fans. We want to start getting together now because come February, we're going to be getting together really often, but it's all around football games and it's all, uh, timed at that point. Right. So ladies, we will have a tent out there. And we will have a table. We are going to be signing up people. We're going to have a purpose statement. So if someone says, well, what, what is the whole Brahma Mama thing? We'll have a purpose. We'll have some papers out there. And we would love for you to come by and say hi. I think we may have some shirts for sale. Um, so just come on by again, the Brahma Mamas. But if you want to get a shirt in your size, order it through Monica first. Like order it now and, and go pick it up that day. Don't plan on showing up, and yeah, I mean, if you show up and you get one your size, you got lucky, but don't plan on that. Um, order one through Monica, pay her, get her her money so that she can make your shirt. And we're also looking at those clear bags. We're having our logo on there, and then also on your phone. What do you call that? Look, can you see mine? No. I already have it on my phone. And they can't see it because this is all audio, so uh, that doesn't make for interesting Well, radio. it's. I'm sorry, but Leo, talk about that because you designed that too. Yeah, um, that was actually an idea from Brian uh, Wenzeloff. Uh, he reached out to me and said, hey, uh, are you able to, to, that logo came out really cool for Brahma Mamas. Would, would you be able to make a, a, a wallpaper for a phone um, for, uh, for my wife? 
And and I was like, uh, yeah, man, that, that's actually a great idea. Nicole, she's a co-host for the Reels and Heels podcast, which uh, which you guys yeah, were on, which RC and I were on uh, uh, just about a week ago. Um, and so I said, you know what, let me work on that and I'll send it to you guys first and then we'll put it out there for everybody since it, it was your kind of suggestion. So I did that and put something together a night or two later. Um, and then, you know, ran that by you guys to kind of, kind of look at and make sure that, that, that everybody thought it was a, it was, you know, a, a nice looking wallpaper that people would enjoy. And, uh, then I sent that over to, to Brian and Nicole and they loved it. Uh, Lolis has it on her phone and she loves it. So that's out there. We shared it on the gunslingers page on Brahma mamas. I think you, you shared it on Brahma mamas page yep. and on the, uh, Brahma's XFL fan page. So. That's would, out there for all the Brahma mamas. I wouldn't be totally upset if you created something pretty similar for just the Brahmas. I'm just saying. Okay. I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got one on my on my phone screen right now that I cycle through, but uh, that one's better than the one I came up with, which is <laughs> the logo on a black uh, or charcoal gray field. So um, if you were to throw something together with the stripes and that kind of stuff, that would be uh, received by some folks, I think. We need to wrap up Brahma's talk. What else we got Brahma's wise? I I just want to mention that for the people that are out there that that are listening and they're kind of on the fence about this event uh, for the fan fest and not sure they could go or, or maybe they can only show up for a little while or something. I think really make it a point to get out there because I don't know if you know yet or not. Some of us do, some of us don't, but the gauntlet has already been thrown down by other XFL fans. Specifically St. Louis. Yes. Speaking of guests on, on the heels and real show, you know, we, we had dirty and and Arlington uh, who are the co-hosts of the X fan show. And dirty is a, you know, he, he's a a fan over in St. Louis um, for, uh, for, uh, the uh saber chickens the battle chickens um, the battle, battle hawks. hawks yeah yeah the caw, caw. Um, the, yeah they have their caca uh but um anyways they have you know they have a reputation of having the most rowdy and raucous and a uh, strong fan base for their team and uh our facebook group uh for the brahmas fans has really grown quite a bit over the last couple of months and they're scared they're scared. That's why they're issuing this challenge because, well, one, they want to hype the league. It, it, sure. it benefits us all. But also, I, I, I think uh, I want. I want. I think they they don't think we'll live up to the challenge. But they're also a little bit worried that we just might. So let's show them. Uh, come out and show them and and have that gathering because, from what I hear, the gatherings they've had so far, right, uh, for this preseason for the Battlehawks, haven't quite met to expectations on the right, previous very years. Very so uh, let's show them up. The uh, As well as San Antonio did in the AAF in 2019, St. Louis did in XFL 2.0. Uh, right. They showed up. Yeah. They supported their team in an amazing way, just like we did. Um, there is no better fan base for us to square off against in this sort of arena than St. Louis. They really did. Uh, come out in a big way and support the Battle Hawks. And uh, the whole time XFL 2.0 was going on, I was like, dang, that that would be giving... Because nobody gave San Antonio a run for their money in the AF. Like, we were the, the cream of the crop. There just wasn't anybody close. 
people uh, in Orlando for the Poyos might uh nah. might argue that, nah. but nah. nah. Um, but St. Louis, like I would have loved to have seen what that would have looked like, and now we're gonna get a chance to do that. So we gotta rise to the challenge um, because they're gonna support their battle hawks in the same way. Uh, and they get easy. They get it easy because they don't have a change in colors and names and, and they can wear their old gear. Like we, we can wear commander's gear, but it's going to look out of place. Um, right, so we, right. we've got to start up from zero, but we can do it. Like we can, yeah. we can meet this challenge, but we need to start right here with FanFest well, on Saturday. I know that I uh, put out a challenge to Sandy, who's from the Battlehawks. And so we have a challenge, a dance contest, a dance-off, I guess. Now, they're saying that the first game, February 18th, is going to be the San Antonio with St. Louis. What do you think? Who do you think we're going to play against the first I'm not, game? I'm not even going to guess at schedule right now. I just can't. No? Okay. Um, because I'm going to get excited for something, and I'll be like, yes, that's what it's going to be. And then it's not going to be that. <laughs> um, so I'm not even going to guess. I think it makes the most sense. It would uh, make to sense to have the clash of you know of of the two fan bases that they think are going to be kind of the cornerstones of this league, um, but I also think that, and I don't think Battlehawks fans realize this that much because there was actually a post on like put up on the page where they were asking who do you think is going to be our rival, you know, our biggest rival, and the Battlehawks weren't even the the team listed by most it was right. other texas teams because i don't think people outside of texas realize how competitive against each other we really are in the state of texas especially when it comes to football so this might just be our way of coming out and saying yeah you guys you know you you, you might have thought you guys were the big the big bad boys of the league we're here now and we're stepping over you and, and you don't even matter to us because we're going to start paying attention to Arlington and Houston after this. I love, I love that Houston Roughnecks <laughs> fans are like, we're the Houston yeah. Roughnecks. We didn't, you know, like they were running uh, XFL 2.0 and like, we're the Roughnecks. You don't understand. We're, we're amazing in the XFL. And I'm like, you were, you had Pepper Johnson as your head coach. Now, now, now you're, 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 you're relying on Wade Phillips to lead you to a championship. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, I know how that goes. I know how that turns out. Wade Phillips is not a championship coach. He's a great guy. So wonderful guy, but he's yeah. not a championship coach. <laughs> so you'd be all excited to do the Houston Roughnecks. You got a couple more months of, of holding up that banner and being like, if there was a champion, we would have been it. Great. Cool. Uh, there wasn't, and you're not, and you won't be. So, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, we, we could argue the same as the Commanders fans, and nobody cared outside of that because it didn't happen. So, like you said, it wasn't, and you weren't. So, let's move on. So, you, uh, RC, you would love to see the Battlehawks and the Brahmas face off in the first game. I think that makes the most sense like Leo. But I will tell you that if I'm making the schedule. Right. And that is the game that I'm going to highlight as the XFL game of the week in the first week. I would do that. You're right. That makes a lot of sense. But I would do it in St. Louis because that's where I know the biggest fan base was the last time. So just in all honesty, if I'm hedging my bets as the guy making the schedule with no connection <clears throat> to any of these teams, yeah. I, I would put that game. You're right. That's the, the week one game I would set up as my game of the week. But it would be in St. Louis. That makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, but 
The weather is really bad in February. They got a dome. They got a, they dome. Got a dome. I don't just care. Like us. Still <laughs> traveling because, like, for me, I've already decided that if there's games in uh, Houston and Arlington, I'm going to those no matter what. Oh yeah, but Houston's right St. down the road Louis, from me here. Orlando, yeah, right there, Las Vegas. Uh, you know, it's going to make things a little bit more difficult. But we'll see. You never know. Well, we're excited about the Brahmas. We're certainly excited about FanFest on the 10th. That is Saturday. Come join us. Be a part of our live broadcast that we'll be out there for. And uh, be on the show. Hey, if you listen for a long time and you're like, I've always wanted to be on that show, here's your chance. Because uh, we'll have an extra yes. microphone. So uh, come be a part of that. Uh, we're going to take a break right here when we come back. We're going to shift gears. If you checked in with us and you're like, I want to talk about Brahmas, we did that. I want you to stick with us because we're going to talk about something just as cool. We're going to talk about gunslingers football in the National Arena League here in just a minute. We'll be right back right after this Smoking Guns podcast. Smoking Guns podcast, Philip Higginbotham, R.C. Woods, Leo Yamas, sitting around talking football all over Texas. Uh, we got people up in San Antonio. We got people down on the coast. We, we've we got Texas. We got South Texas covered um, from one end to the other. Just got done talking about the Brahmas. We're excited we about did. the Brahmas. The Brahmas are a big deal. But you know what? We don't want to get lost in uh, kind of the thing that we've been following for two years now, getting ready for our third season starting in April. It is the San Antonio Ooh. Gunslingers. Arena League football team, National Arena League football is starting in April on on April first, on April Fool's Day. Not an April Fool's. It's not a joke. Yeah, don't be a fool. Is that is that that is really your birthday? That is that is really my birthday. No joke. April first. I am an April Fool's baby. (laughs) Can you imagine my birthdays growing up and all the pranks that were played on me? That that was fun. Oh, for sure, for sure. Lots of away game. Yeah, it is. They're going to be in Columbus playing the Lions uh, on that first week of the season. They'll be back home in the second week taking on the Sharks. The Jacksonville Sharks Sharks get to come straight to uh, Freeman Coliseum and deal with the San Antonio Gunslingers in week two on the uh, eighth. I wonder who their quarterback is going to be. I wonder. I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, who's? Which team? The Jacksonville Sharks. I wonder who the Gunslingers quarterback is going to be. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> what are you worried about with the with the Sharks? Well, I mean, they had a guy there that's not there anymore, right? Uh, us. Oh, no. He wasn't with the uh, Sharks. He was with Albany. No, not Albany. Uh, Carolina. Carolina. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what we're what we're alluding to and dancing around here is <laughs> uh, the Gunslingers. It's been a little a little over a month ago. Made a big splash right as free agency opened in the National Arena League, and they signed Jonathan Bain. Jonathan Bain was one of the best quarterbacks in the league last year. Um, unfortunately. Yeah, no Mm-hmm. He dealt with an ankle injury right at the end of the season that actually happened in, in San Antonio. Right. Uh, and that kind of derailed the end of his season. And then as they got into the playoffs, they just kind of stuttered in out. the 
championship game. Like they made it to the championship game and Albany just wanted it more, showed up. I, I don't know what happened. It was kind of a surprise at how Albany, a team that did not look great all the way through the first half of the season, the first three quarters of the season, all of a sudden came out and, and took the team that had played the best in the league pretty consistently all season long and just whipped them, just whipped them for they the sure whole did. game. They sure oh. did. But Bain was a part of that uh, Carolina Cobra team that just kind of ran over the league in the first uh, three quarters of the season until he got hurt. Now uh, he is a San Antonio gunslinger, and I'm not going to lie, he may not even be the best quarterback we have on the roster because no. we still no. don't know what Robert Kitt Jr. is doing for the season. We do know that the first half of his season, or first four games or so of his season are hard for him because right. of some other commitments and some other things that he has going on. He can't commit fully until we get into the summer. Uh, that being the case, we now have Jonathan Bain for the first half of the season. I think they're set up really well um, at yes, that quarterback are. position with two of, with the two best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, conversations I've had with, you know, coach Shaw, um, he, in the past, he told me I'm going to get somebody really good. You're going to be surprised. I had no idea it was going to be, you know, Jonathan Bain it was going to be someone that that good. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that, how that stacks up, you know, uh, um, the team, you know, has to, has to co concentrate on winning. You know, so, you know, if, if someone can't be there at the beginning of the season for another, uh, you know, another commitment, you know, it's commendable because you, you, you've got priorities. These guys, you know, have full-time jobs outside of playing football for the most part. Um, and that's understandable, but uh, coach Shaw is all about getting W's this season. So that he's going to put the guy out there that gives him the best chance to win on any given week. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, what a great problem to have. Do I go with Jonathan yeah. Bain or Robert Kent Jr.? Um, right. Just just an amazing issue to have because not only are both of those guys, from what I hear, uh, and we know this, we saw this with Robert Kent Jr. I'm, I am going off what I've heard as far as Jonathan Bain. Not only are these guys both great on the field quarterbacks and athletes and good leaders on the field, they're almost, both of them, are almost like having a second coach. Uh, or another coach on the coaching staff. So when you really think about uh, my backup quarterback, whoever it is, whether it's Jonathan Bain or Robert Kent Jr., my backup quarterback is also going to be watching and seeing, and you're going to have these two guys that have studied the game, know what they're doing in the game, and they're both going to be watching and sharing information. Man, uh, at the quarterback position, we're stacked. And we're stacked at other positions as well because we're having a lot of guys that we loved last year returning this year. First and right. foremost, your favorite guy, Leo. The yeah. man, the 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 guy that should have been the MVP of the league last year. I, I mean, if we're Rashad. really honest. Rashad. Yeah, Rashad. I'm the candy Number man. Five. Yes. Five. I, somebody sell me his jersey. I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Rashad back in the fold. Justin Alexander was going to be back. Going to be. He was going to be a San that. Antonio gunslinger. He was signed and ready to go. And then he got drafted in the XFL. And I don't mean just drafted in the XFL. He got drafted to the San Antonio Brahmas. Yep. That's right. 
as the first defensive player they could select. Right. In the first round of the defensive, uh, defensive line uh, rounds. So the defensive front, I should say, and he was the first player they took off the board. So that, that says a lot and he's a beast. So well-deserved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brahma fans should be excited uh, to have, to have him, uh, you know, on the roster. Um, Hopefully he's not going to be the only one. um, True. Uh, for those gunslinger fans, we're 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 familiar with other defensive players uh, that have been uh, playing, you know, in the Arena Football League here in San Antonio, and and there's a still a chance that we might see some other guys out there. One in particular that we're really rooting for. Well, Coach Ward, if you're listening, and we know you are, because that's who you are, uh, you're going to listen to our show because you're excited about San Antonio Brahma's football. We are too. We've got. Two words for you. Cody Brooks. That's yes. Right. Go check the tape. Go look him up. Go find the information you need to find out about him. And then go ahead and reach out and put that guy on your roster. Um, just yeah. do it. Just just give him an do opportunity it. and you're gonna be you're you're gonna be very pleased um with that guy. Like he's out there, he's part of the pool, he can be in the XFL. Don't let he's somebody else beat you to this guy. That's uh, right. Coach Ward, go get this guy. Yeah, great guy, coachable. Um, you know, I, we had a conversation with with Pierre Turner, who said who who said great things about Cody Brooks, saying you know he is you know the exact epitome of a player that fits the mold of what Coach Hines Ward would want. Someone that's yes. dedicated that's coachable, that listens, passionate about what he does, and a, just an all-out baller on defense. I mean, we've seen him. Uh, yes. he's, he's a beast out there and monstrous. So, uh, yeah, Coach Hines Ward, anybody who's listening out uh, from the San Antonio Brahmas, uh, don't let this guy uh, pass you by. I know he's going to be um, taking part in the uh, XFL-sponsored uh, f- uh, flag football Eight on eight uh, tournament deal, right? that's coming up right at yeah. the end of the month. Yeah. And then also he's going to be at a, another workout uh, that the XFL is going to have is, sometime in January. I was speaking with I him earlier January today. 9th, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so he's going to have some chances. Uh, Coach Hines Ward is to uh, see him in action in front of him um, if he hasn't already. Um, but he, uh, just the story of having a local guy come out for the team and, you know, the city getting behind that, the existing fans here in San Antonio getting behind that. And the story that'll be of a local guy being on the team. He's from the San Antonio area. He lives in the San Antonio area. This is where he makes his home. Played um, at UTFA. And having a chance to represent us. Right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't see how you can pass it up. And the guy can play. Yes, and can. we're not Flat we're not play. We're not asking for a free pass for the guy. Like, we're not saying, oh, you need to put him on his team, on your team because he's in San Antonio. Just give him a shot. Like yep. look at him. Put him in the pool. Co- put him in Brooks. your, you know, put him in your training camp. Put him in your time. We, I, I'm willing to say you're going to be impressed and you're going to see something that is that is uh going to be useful to you as a coach um on your defensive side of the ball, maybe on the special team side of the ball. The guy um sometimes you can't just go by the numbers. I can't imagine that Cody's numbers <clears throat> are bad as far as uh, you know, 40 times and all those measurables that they use to draft guys. But obviously everybody was looking at the sheet and saw something that they were like, yeah, I don't know. 
Um, whatever you're seeing on the sheet right now that's making you go, yeah, I'm not sure, uh, this guy overcomes that stuff. And there are those guys out there. We all know that. Uh, this is one of those guys. Uh, give him a that's shot. Right. I don't think you'll be uh, displeased with what you see. Yeah, you no. may not know, but we know. We know he's um, he's a gem. We asked it to your team. So the gunslingers are uh, dealing with a long season. In fact, we were talking about this just before we got on. It is a 14-game season over stretched over 17 weeks. It starts on April 1st. And the season does not end until July 22nd. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty that's good. a good long thing season. 17 good weeks. Good thing we're air-conditioned. Right? <laughs> good thing it's indoors. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Can you be- not in a barn. Can you imagine? So the the second to the last game of the season, Columbus Lions in at San Antonio on Saturday, July 15th. Can you imagine being outside even at 7 p.m. on July 15th to watch anything, to do anything? And and furthermore, playing football out there. Goodness. It's a good thing this is an indoor league. It sucks just standing outside the Coliseum waiting in line to get in <laughs> because true. of the heat that, in that time of year. Yeah. But so we Gun- do it. So Gunslinger fans want to be uh, on point here because we talked in the last segment about the Brahmas and this uh, this rivalry already kind of kicking off with the St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, when it comes to the San Antonio Gunslingers, uh, if you have not been paying attention there is a team already talking noise in the NAL, and they've never played an NAL game. The West yeah, Texas Warbirds are talking about they're how they're going to run Texas. <laughs> or they're going to run oh, the league. Oh, please. They, <clears throat> yeah. Please, please. There are players on the West Texas Warbirds talking about how they're going to run the league, and I commented and said, I'm not even sure you're going to run Texas, so calm down. Uh, Back off. You, you need to settle Fly down. Away. Now, to be fair, we were that team last year. We kind of thought we were going to walk into the NAL, and we were like, ah, we've done this. We played uh, Arena League football. We know what we're doing. And the season wasn't bad. Um, But when you look at the record, it certainly wasn't what we were hoping for, right? I'm sure it was a disappointment. Yeah, a disappointment for all those guys and for the coaches and, and everything as far as the record. But as far as where they were at the beginning of the season to where they were when they ended the season, that wasn't a disappointment. No, no, no. no. Lots of growth in the franchise. Some of that can be attributed to an ownership change, but not all. Um, some of it is True. just learning your place and, and learning, oh, this is how this works here um, on this right. level. And, and they did that incredibly well all the way down from uh, head coach Fred Shaw all the way through our highlight players like Kali Rashad. Uh, Robert Kent Jr., uh, you know, even guys like Caleb Roller and uh, some of those guys, man. I'll kind looked... of go through some of, the, some of the players that got re-signed and sure. the new ones. So back in October, they re-signed uh, Philip Barnett. Love him. He was a great yep. player. Love him. Big receiver, yeah. Ha- friend of, friend of the Ka- show. He's been yes. on the show. Yes. We talked about Kali Rashad, number five. Friend of the show. Pierre Turner. Friend of the show. Another friend of the show. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. We talked about Jonathan Bain already, but how about um, Justin Alexandre? Yeah, we talked about him. Yeah. He's going to the Brahmas. Yeah, but yeah that's he's right. going to be on the Brahmas, but that's okay. We still get to cheer for him. And then J- Brian Juice Robinson. 
Juice. Ju- juice. Yeah, he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, Thornton Kyle Chandler. Then we have yep. uh, you guys Dante coming back. We're coming Angus. In. Dante Angus. Big Dante. That's a big dude right there. Happy to yep. see him coming back. Yep. Nico Thomas. Nico. Like Another Nico. friend of the show. Uh, yeah. Longtime gunslinger. He is one of the original gunslingers, as is Cali OGs. Yep. Right. And along with Caleb Roller. Original gunslinger. Have, um, a new guy, I think, Josh Otis. Yes. Is he new? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. he's new. But and then, coming from Albany, right? UTSA. Oh, did he? UTSA? Okay. And then we have Calvin Fance, F A N C E. Right. And then Drew Pearson. Woohoo! Drews and Drew. Yeah, Deuce and Drew. That's yes. Right. Yeah, he broke then, a record last dude, year for we haven't even did. we haven't talked about this on this show. And so people may not realize if they don't follow the NAL like we do, there's a big change in the NAL as far as um something that we all are gonna be excited to see. They the nets are back. They're putting nets up at the at the ends of the field nice. starting this year. Yeah. Um, Do Nets we get are back. Footballs? I don't know about no, well, that. Oh, well, I hope so. Going out, but boy, I uh, hope we're kick. getting different footballs. But yeah, those footballs were a problem. So uh, I gotta, we, uh, I, yeah, I gotta reach out to one of my buddies uh, over there at Inside the Walls. Which, by the way, did you see Inside the Walls' big announcement today? I think it was today. Did you I see did this? Not. Uh, they no. are going to have. Uh, former NAL MVP Mason Espinoza each week on the show to help them break down NAL stuff um, going forward. So that's cool. Um, that is- Mason that's Espinoza. a great guy to have breaking down stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I have to reach out to them and see what kind of rule changes are in effect with the, the nets. Can it be played off the nets? It's going to be a big deal. Can the ball be played off the nets? It's going to be important. And then a yeah, couple you know more what? players. That's- we have... Um- Xavier Rubin. Okay. Um, and then we have Darius Banks. Yes. Uh, Cameron back. Johnson. Yep. Yep. Long time gunslinger. Of course, Fred Shaw. And then we signed a Jeremy Richardson as the assistant coach. Yeah. Uh, looks like Fred Shaw yeah. is very excited about having Jeremy Richardson come in and help him. Uh, I've already seen some banter back and forth between those guys on social media. Looks like they're excited to work together. And we all know, A, how nice it was to have Coach Shaw by the end of the year. But B, how overworked that guy is and how much he needs somebody else uh, working yeah. alongside him. He needs another guy or two uh, helping him do what's best for this team. And so I'm excited that he's got somebody he's this excited about bringing in to help him run this football team. Yeah, Richardson's the, big get gonna be big help. Came uh, over from over Albany. That experience from Albany, yeah. Yeah. Last one on my list is a Arthur Hobbs. Also an Albany guy, and he Albany was a big player. name in Albany. Uh he was a uh he was an excellent player in Albany. Wide so receiver Phillip, and defensive back. Um I remember seeing him making some plays in the Freeman Coliseum. So yeah. when I saw his name, I was like, Oh, it'll be good to actually be cheering for him this time. Yes. Also, so Walter Hobbs. It. What what was his name? Arthur Hobbs, right? Arthur Hobbs, yeah. Uh, almost Walter Hobbs. Walter Hobbs would be the uh, father in Elf. Uh, the name oh. is Walter Hobbs. Mm-hmm. If you did not know, uh, it's Christmas time. It's time. Yeah, so, yeah. One. 
But also, Philip, Kadir you Chisholm. Applied? Oh, okay. That yeah, Chisholm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's oh, he was resigned right. as well. So another another burner speed speed guy, and and also like another coach on the field that like Philip was mentioning earlier, um, uh, for Kent Jr. and Bain. This this is another guy that a lot of guys have a lot of respect for and is has been around the game for a while, but uh, man, got a lot of speed. I mean, yeah. seeing when they had him and uh, Cali out there at the same time uh, playing defensive back, uh, it, it was hard to uh, to get the passing game going, I remember. Yeah. I say, Philip, you should be, uh, be applying for the assistant coach position. Pass. <laughs> no pass? <laughs> I will take a microphone in my face and talking about the team way before – I'll actually be responsible for the product on the field. I'm not that guy. Like, I feel like I could do it. Probably not. But I'm going to tell you right now, coaches and coaching staffs are some of the hardest working people in sports. Football coaching staffs are ridiculously hardworking. That is why people got so upset when Jeff Saturday stepped out of the ESPN studio and just decided he was going to be a head coach. And Jim Irsay gave him the job over there in Indianapolis. Because it is not a job that you just oh I think I'm gonna be a coach. Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of hard work, and uh, I'll take being behind a microphone any day over trying to coach guys uh, and get the best out of guys. I think I could do it, but I'm not even I, I'm not even willing to try at this point. But it's a tough uh, job. They got a lot of jobs out there. If you know somebody that's interested in sports and sports media, sports uh, management specifically. Um, RC, I know Chessa is, is finishing up her master's degree. Um, yep. They're looking for people to fill out their whole organization. They are building a real solid gunslingers division. They're not going to run, I don't think, as part of uh, John Wayne John as this Wayne. little arm of John Wayne. I think they're building their own full front office right now. Uh, keep your eyes open because that looks like where they're headed, and that's a good deal. And then you know who else is coming back? Who that? Sochi and the team. Yes, we love the medical team led by Sochi and Brian. Um, yep. Absolutely, just couldn't imagine the gunslingers without them. Really, uh, I know there'll be a day that we have the gunslingers and don't have Sochi and Brian. I don't want to think about that um, because they are uh, they are part no. of the team. They they're part of what For started sure. all of this. You know. Yeah, they keep and those the guys ready, game ready. Cheerleaders are coming back. Yeah, I think one of the positions they're hiring is is for uh, the coordinator for the cheerleading crew. So mm -hmm. I saw I, I saw a post on something out there. So uh, there's some opportunities for people out there. So the schedule's out. You can go look at nal.com or nationalarenaleague.com and find the Gunslinger schedule week 1 through 17. It's all listed there. You could make your plans. Uh, and you can stop complaining because I haven't heard a lot of complaints, but I've heard some people look at the schedule and go, Oh, this is dumb. We have a home game on the 8th of April, and then we don't have a home game again until May 27th. Why all of this off time? I think, I'm, I, think I know. I have not reached out to the league. I haven't gotten any information for sure on this. But they knew when they created the schedule that San Antonio was going to be an XFL uh, city. And they knew... It is my opinion. They knew they wanted to backload the schedule and let the XFL finish their season. They did not want to go to head-to-head -head on a weekend where you could choose to go to a Gunslinger game or a Brahma's game because Brahma's games are going to pull 30,000 people. 
and they're football fans. And if that's the case, you're going to see your numbers dip in, in the Freeman Coliseum because if your choice is Brahmas football or Gunslingers football, a lot of people are going to choose the Brahmas. So I think the league was really smart in looking at the, the climate of football in San Antonio and going, hey, let's give everybody the best bang for their buck. Let's backload their schedule. And that way they can get done with the Brahma season, which they didn't know was the Brahmas at the time, but they can get done with the XFL season. And then they can transition right into catching us midseason as we move into the back half of the NAL season. Uh, once, I, Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Once the games start in Freeman Coliseum, week nine, week 10, week 12, Week 13, week 16, week 17. That's a lot of games right there together. Uh, you're going to have plenty of opportunities to enjoy Gunslingers football. Yeah, I was going to say one of the other things that I know was mentioned was uh, the amount of bye weeks that the team is going to have early in the season. They're off on week three, week uh, five and week seven. So they have three bye weeks in the first seven weeks of the season. Yeah. Um, and that is actually another advantage uh, for the gunslingers, especially considering the quarterback situation where Robert Kent jr. May not be available early on in the season. At least if he uh, comes to, back to be at. Yeah. But uh, if he comes back and he's not available to, you know, spend time with the team during game preparations and practice until get until game day or the day before game day. Um, then having those bye weeks early on, uh, so that they can get him up to speed and 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 get him involved in the offense, whether it's as QB one or QB two, um, or if he's here at all, because uh, he has not made that decision. We no. haven't seen the re-signing yet, um, but indications are they want. I mean, the team absolutely wants him back. Um, but that's that's uh, that's to the gunslingers' advantage if they're in that situation. Yeah. Well, I will say this: I saw on Facebook today, and I don't mean to like spoil anything, but he—I know he's a realtor, Kent, and I know that he had made a post saying uh, rates are down. If you need a, and then it had like a father, um, realtor, husband, coach. He didn't have anything other about quarterback. So then I sent him a message. I was like, did you forget quarterback? No response. So no. I don't know if I just did a spoiler alert, but. No, he didn't forget quarterback. It's just if you need a quarterback, don't come find him because if he plays quarterback, he knows where he's doing that. Yeah, you, don't, taking- you, don't, you don't need to contact him if you're looking for a quarterback because he's already taken as far as that's concerned. Okay, I hope that if you look at it that way, I hope you're right. That's the way I'm going to. That's the way I'm going to spin it for sure. But then he had coach. So if we're looking for a coach, look for him. Yeah, but he's not a coach I, on the I, gunslingers. If somebody I comes out say, and offers I, him a full-time head coaching job, he, he might jump at that. Take it. Yeah, he might take it. Won't be the gunslingers because we got a full-time head coach, and we like our head right. coach. We're perfectly happy with Fred Shaw. I, I cannot. I listened to the episode where we talked about coach of the year uh, probably about a month ago, and I, I still stick by it. Like, I was not a Fred Shaw fan about halfway through the season. And he won me over in half a season. Uh, I am just a big fan of what Fred Shaw did with the second half of our season uh, record aside. Uh, I was very pleased with what we saw out of Fred Shaw. Commendable and I job did call sure. that. I did call that. You did coach of the year and you were on top of it. You heard it here first, or actually you heard it on RC's 
social media platforms first. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule right now. Man, people that complain don't understand. <laughs> in in May into June, there is a 30-day stretch there where you have four home games and one road game. Like you have four home games that you're gonna cool. have, you're gonna get tired of going to home games. You're gonna be like, oh, man, no. oh, I doubt that. <laughs> no I doubt that. Not this one. You're Not gonna win fan. so much, you're yeah. gonna get tired of winning. That's how that's gonna work. Those no. games are fun. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, very excited about the schedule. Very excited about the Gunslingers. Uh, we need to start reaching out to some of their front office and and uh, seeing what they've got planned. I expect really big things. Uh, not only from the gunslingers on the field, but off the field or outside of the field, around the field. I think there's going to be some really awesome stuff happening in the Freeman Coliseum too. Uh, with them having a whole off season to get prepared, I really expect some awesome things to happen with the San Antonio gunslingers this season. Me too. The way ownership, the way ownership works, you know what we know of those guys and everyone around, around the franchise and what they did um, in basically, you know, a half of a season or two thirds of a season. And they're excited and ready to top that in season two. And um, I have no doubts that they, they are going to. So yeah, it's definitely going to be fun and interesting to see what they've got on tap, what they're doing. Um, We definitely need to connect with those guys and kind of, kind of, get get a feel of 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 what's what's in the in the works and what's in the plans. I know coach Shaw has uh uh voiced interest. He wants to he wants to be on the show again and come and talk with us. So nah, that's something I think for sure we're, we're going to work on. <laughs> Whatever. Open mic anytime that guy wants to come on the show. I'm I'm not anytime. Even yeah. Um yeah, one of the things that we heard consistently at the urine party when we went out to Lavernia and uh Leo and I were at that year end party was from, from front office, not just from players and coaches, but from really the front office folks, the ownership was, we cannot wait for next year. We cannot wait. We've already got some things cooking. We cannot wait to, for people to see what we're going to do with this next year. Um, it was exciting. It was an exciting kind of attitude because if we're really honest, if we really look at the way they ran things last year, coming in in the middle of the year and taking over, they lost a ton of money on last year for them to come out of that and be like, Oh, but we are so excited for the way we're going to do this next year. That is encouraging. Um, yeah, bec- for sure. That is really encouraging, but let's make sure they don't lose a lot of money in year two of owning this team. Let's get out there and support them, uh, buy those tickets when they become available, uh, buy the merchandise, show up at the games, make their investment through all of last year, the, the second half of last year, and getting started this year worth it um, and support that team because they deserve it. The goal this year is a championship. And um, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't see any, any indication that, that they're not, you know, putting a hundred percent into that. And you definitely want to be a part of that and see that. Cause it's going to be quite a ride. There is nobody connected with this team that doesn't think that a championship is, is not only possible, but, uh, expected like that is the expectation that, around true. the team. That's what they're after. Yeah. yeah, they're not after. Okay, well, let's top last year. Uh, let's make the playoffs. No, no, they want to win it all, and they want to win it all this year in their yeah. second year. Yeah, and, and they the can do it. Oh yeah, um, they have the leadership. 
Record aside, I think people forget how close some of those first five games, when they went 0-5, I think somebody forget how close those games yeah. were. And they That's had not, true. they just hadn't figured it out yet. Now they've got it figured out, and you're going to see, man, if those close games start leaning the other direction, you're looking at a team that's not, you know, uh, seven and uh, three and seven or four and seven, whatever they finish the season at. You're looking at a team that's more like, uh, you know, nine and two, um, and those kind of things. So it's a big and I deal. I hope the refs kind of read the uh, a book of the rules over the off season. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Again, I I talked some with the head of officiating last year. I think a lot of the issues we had with refs last year were just a matter of them not having the resources they needed to be trained and uh, and supported the way they needed to be. Again, our ownership has changed, and they are now part of the executive council, and I had conversations with some of those guys that said that was something they would walk into the room at owners' meetings and demand change. Um, that there would be better training and support for officials on the field. You're, I think you're going to see it improve. I hope you're going to see it improve because it was oh. it was the poorest part of the league last year was the officiating. It was. It was. I wonder if Andy Anderson's coming back. I hope so. Yeah, it doesn't feel so like too. San Antonio football without him. In fact, are we going to see him in the Alamo Dome for Brahma's games? Somebody needs Ooh. to get on that. Um. We yeah, need to see him see leading out the Brahmas again. Somewhere. I wonder if he's got a big old Brahma bull he can ride. <laughs> that sounds like a bad idea to me. <laughs> that sounds a little scary. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen. I've seen people riding on bulls before, but uh, yeah, in the rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the gunslingers will be getting started in April. You're going to hear us talk more and more about them. Hey, if you're checking in and you're like, "Hey, I was just expecting Brahmas talk." Don't just expect Brahma stock from us. We're going to hit you with both barrels. Uh, and that's going to be Brahma's and Gunslinger's football. And what's great, we've talked about it before on this show, in San Antonio now, uh, football is a year-round deal. Year-round, baby. Year-round. We, we go from UTSA schedule into the back half of the NFL season. We finish up the NFL season with the Super Bowl in February. We roll right into Brahma season like the next week. We roll February through Brahma season. And uh, coming out the backside of Brahma season, we get to uh, Gunslinger season. We roll through Gunslinger season, and it ends at the end of July or in August, hopefully for us. Uh, and that's when training camp is starting for the NFL again. And uh, and the high school football and college football, the UTSA Roadrunners will be kicking off. And uh, so it's year-round now. You can just roll with us because uh, we're going to roll all just the way stay, through the year that tuned. way. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So we're excited about the Gunslinger starting off on April 1st. Uh, keep keep looking at social media to see when season tickets go on sale because I would expect that to be happening sometime around playoff time in the NFL. I would think that they would start looking at uh, maybe some season ticket packages starting to float out there, but you're going to see signings. Uh, you're going to see some trash talk between the teams, which is a lot of fun. Those guys in West Texas have no idea what they're in for. Um, oh, no. We're, we're, we're going to run Texas. We're, we're going to be the best team in Texas. We're going to be the best team in the league, but that means we're going to be the best team in Texas. It's a um, theme with the uh, rivalries of the birds. I mean, they're the war birds, right? War so birds. we call them the war chickens. Yeah. <laughs> Battle Hawks, war birds. It don't matter. Yeah. The it Poyos. 
Uh, so we're going to take another break right here. When we come back, we're going to talk just general football stuff because there's a ton of that going on. Certainly the UTSA Roadrunners and their conference USA Championship and moving on to the American Athletic Conference in uh, 2023. And we're going to talk about the NFL uh, because we've got to talk Leo off the ledge. He's he's I think he's got to be considering burning all that stuff with those horses on it um, at this point. <laughs> Uh, we'll discuss no, all that man. in a minute <laughs> smoke guns podcast we'll be right back right after this smoking guns podcast philippine Botham, rc woods leo yama sitting around talking football uh we've talked about the brahmas we've talked about the gunslingers now we get to talk about just football um and i want to start by talking about the Cowboys. No, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> I want to start off talking about the UTSA Roadrunners. Um, oh, okay. Meet, meet. Two time back to back conference USA back to championships. Back. Birds up. It, here's the thing. Um, if I do my math right, I think they had 10 straight games or 11 straight games uh, wins in Conference USA, and that was their last Conference USA games. Because they will move to the AAC next year, the American Athletic Conference. They ran the table this year, and they won the championship last year. And I want to say they won the UAB game. The last time they lost a Conference USA game was last November against UNT. To the UNT. To the mean green of UNT. Uh, Yeah, they got even for that, though, didn't they? They sure did. did. Mm -hmm. Beat them. Uh, beat them in the Conference USA Championship game so badly that the so UNT that. Mean Green fired their coach. You make the Conference Championship game in your conference. And you get fired? And you get fired. Right? That's crazy. Like, that's a standard <laughs> and, and, I'm not sure And the I year with. before, you beat the Conference Champion. Right. That was the only game that you, but you get fired. won. But well, I, mean, I think his record was 44-44. to 44. So Yeah, to it, be you know, honest... And, yeah. They were awful. UNT's Mean Green was awful last year. The fact that they beat UN- yeah. UTSA was kind of a weird, out of the blue thing there in Denton. I think it was a cold, rainy day, and and it was horrible. Uh, UTSA horrible. was just not uh, not they on were their game. That the ball everywhere because UTSA is not used to playing outdoors. We have the arena. Right? I mean, we have that. Right. We have a dome. It was cold. It was rainy. I mean, they couldn't hold on to that ball for the life of them. It was just crazy. Yeah, I mean, they they definitely seem to be having a lot of issues in that game. I remember that game at the end of the year last year. Yeah. Um, I I think this year, talking on this year, and speaking of kind of getting think getting the rhythm, I was almost curious as we got into the season and saw them get into that rhythm, especially offensively. Um. I wonder what it could have been like because you they're both their their two losses were at the beginning of the season. The yes. first game in overtime to University of Houston. To Houston, yeah, yeah, and then um, of course to UT a couple of weeks later um, in Austin, and they were right. close all the way up into they the were. the first half. In the second half, they kind of uh, lost track of that. But looking at the UTSA team we saw at the end of the season compared to what we saw at the beginning of the season. I think they made some pretty big strides and I was just like, it's unfortunate that um, 
that they couldn't, the schedule didn't work out where they got to play those guys, you know, later in the season rather than early on. Uh, but so, 11 and two, I mean, great season uh, for the Roadrunners. An incredible season for the Roadrunners. Uh, you're right. The two games they lost were games that they should lose. Um, on paper, you should lose to the University of Houston when they're ranked 24 and you're not ranked and you're a Conference USA team. Like, that's a game you're supposed to lose. You still took them to overtime and very nearly won that game. And then the game against uh, UT Austin, um, obviously, you're supposed to lose that game. Now, you could yep. win, but you're supposed to lose. Like, that's a game you're, 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 you're the guy they brought in to beat up on in their, in their non-conference schedule. Um, and that's fine. You take your money for the game and you leave with your loss. Um, not saying they couldn't win, but you're supposed to lose that game. What I thought was interesting, and we just talked a little bit about that UNT game last year. They very nearly had exactly the same thing happen to them this year. Uh, because that UNT game, they were rolling. They were doing great. They went up against an inferior team, a team that just wasn't as good at the, as them. And they fell apart in the first half and they could never get their feet back under them. And they lost to the Mean Green up in Denton. That almost happened exactly the same way to them again this year with two differences. A, it was at home. It was against UTEP. And B, they responded. They never yes. responded in that game in Denton. They just kind of gave up. This game against UTEP meant nothing. You could take that loss and it wouldn't have changed a whole lot of anything for their season, which is what I think they really thought last year in Denton. I think players, right. maybe even coaches, were like, well, yeah, we're going to lose this game, but it's not in the grand scheme going to mean a whole lot. They did not take that attitude this year when UTEP came in to the dome and slapped them in the face. And they said, no, we're not taking that. We are going to win this game. And they fought their way back in that UTEP game there on uh, Thanksgiving weekend and uh, came back and won that game, a game they had no reason to win. Like they had no reason right. to play for, and they had no right winning that game. They were down 21, nothing in the first quarter. Yeah. Of that game. It was horrible. It was embarrassing. It was terrible. Uh, and they came back and won that game. I, I'm on record as saying Jeff Trailer is one of the best coaches in college football. I think that his time at UTSA is short. I think that somebody is going to reach out and grab a hold of him and offer him something that he just can't refuse. And I can't even blame him for taking that opportunity and going to a big program. Uh, I love the culture and the way that Jeff Trailer uh, installs things. Now, they've got one more thing to check off the box that they get an opportunity to do on December 16th. Win a bowl game. UTSA has right, never Troy. won a bowl game. So they got to right. beat Troy. Troy is also a conference championship, not a champion. Troy is tough. also ranked in the top 25 of college football playoff teams. Uh, in fact, one spot ahead of UTSA. This is about as even a matchup as you can see. Um, it's going to be... A tough game, and I'm going to tell you right now, if what happened to them last year in their bowl game happens again this year, and they have a bunch of players that decide they don't want to play in the bowl game because they don't want to risk injury, right? They will lose. Yes, that's like that. it, it, it. It just will happen. That's that was the whole deal. Uh, I went to that bowl game. I covered that bowl game uh, up in Frisco, where they went up against San Diego State, and. After the game, Jeff Trailer came in, and he's not an excuses guy, but he just said, hey, you know, what do you expect? 
we were down 11, I think he said 11 starters um, wow. all the way around uh, for injuries or guys that just didn't want to play to expose themselves to injuries or guys that had COVID because COVID was a thing back then that could knock you out of the game. Uh, he said, we were down like 11 starters. What did you expect? Um, it it's just hard to COVID do that. Though. Yeah. Um, blue and stuff, but. Yeah. And they have a key piece that, that kind of falls into that category that may not play because of, uh, you know, aspirations on the next level. Well, um, there's big news coming tomorrow. Frank, from Frank, Frank Harris. Yeah. And, and he has mentioned to RC, uh, that uh, there's big a big announcement tomorrow. So, yeah, he's planning on uh, announcing. He's called a press conference tomorrow to announce what he's going to do. Um, right. I fully expect the way that this has been set up, the fact that he's calling a press conference, that he is going to declare for the draft. Um, yes, I, that, that's what that, I expect that to be. That is my expectation. And if that is the case, does he play in a bowl game? Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh. That being said, look, get excited about Eddie Lee Marburger. If if tomorrow Frank Harris comes out and says, I'm moving on, uh, I'm going to declare for the NFL draft, and if I don't get drafted, I'm going to go play in uh, some of these spring leagues and, and attempt to continue my career in football, more power to him. Frank has done a ton for this program. Yes, uh, Frank has. Harris has been a huge part of this program's resurgence, and we have I have nothing but love for the guy, and I understand making the best decision for you. But on the other side of that, Eddie Lee Marburger is going to be a good quarterback. I just feel like uh, he needs to be the guy. He has stepped in in some rough spots and in some weird roles this season, and he's never looked crisp. Once he starts getting a feel for first-team reps and working with first-team talent, uh, Eddie Lee Marburger is a guy at McAllen who threw 10 touchdowns in a high school football game. Now that sounds like oh, it's a high school football game. Ten touchdowns is ridiculous. No, he's got talent, yeah, for sure. To throw ten it touchdowns in a game, yeah. You throw ten touchdowns in a peewee game, you're something special. Ten touchdowns doesn't happen <clears throat> anywhere, anytime. So don't tell me, oh yeah, that was when he was in high school. Name another guy that's throwing ten <laughs> touchdowns in a high school football game. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah. Eddie Lamarberger yeah. is special. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. I, I just don't. Uh, the expectation of, of him stepping in, you know, in a bowl game in a situation like this, and then expecting, you know, the, the best from him. Uh, that's a tough, that's a tough ask. So we'll see. It's tough, but it could be his coming out party. Who knows? It could, you know? be. could be. Yeah. Could be. Um, well, I do know that I did reach out and I uh, haven't heard back, but we would love to have Frank on the podcast. Whatever. I will do. Uh, we'll do his own show. Decides. We'll have a yeah. We'll yeah. have a UTSA show. If Frank Harris wants to yeah. come on the show, we'll talk to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're we are working on that. So just know that. So let's talk a little bit about UTSA's bowl game. We already mentioned it's against Troy, number 24 in the uh college football playoff rankings. I believe, and this has happened every time UTSA has gotten a bowl game, I believe they got hosed. We should have Again. been higher. We should have been higher. Uh, the game is in the middle of the day on December 16th. Who watches those games? Who watches the Cure Bowl? Are you kidding me? Yeah. This has happened we to will. them every time. Yeah, we'll be watching. But, I, yeah, but, but I every time they've been get, but gotten invited, they got invited to the First Responders Bowl. It was a middle-of-the-day bowl 
early in the bowl season, same sort of way against the Raging Cajuns two years ago. They barely lost that game. Last year, they got invited to not not only was it was a nighttime bowl game at least, but it was a bowl game that wasn't even the only bowl game happening in that stadium in Frisco. And yeah. so everybody got confused. Are they playing in the Frisco Bowl or are they playing in the, uh, what is it? It was a Smoothie King Bowl or whatever it was. Smoothie King, yes. Smoothie King. Um, and which one is it? And every time UTSA has gotten a bowl game, they've been hosed. And I truly believe they got hosed again. How many how many UTSA fans are going to travel on December 16th to Orlando, Florida for a football game? Like they just, Not many. yeah, they got tough. hosed on this deal and it's frustrating. I thought they were going to wind up in the armed service bowl or one of these that are here in Texas um, just didn't end up happening. But those days may come to an end soon because once you move up into a group of five uh, division, into a group of five conference, you may get an opportunity at better bowl games, certainly if you're the conference champion. Right. For sure. But I do think they got hosed on this one. I was not happy um, with the bowl selection that they got. But, hey, you can't do anything about that. It is a free trip to Orlando. Go win a game. Go win a bowl game. Um, check that off the list. Yeah. And Brian uh, Wensloff, uh, he lives out in, in Florida, so he already said he that. He might be going. Yeah, they might be going to the game. Uh, so good for him. I'm sure he's happy they got that. That. Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll be watching it. I'm not going to miss it, but uh, I still don't think. Yeah, I got to was... figure out a way to watch that from work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's on ESPN. So if you got an ESPN Plus subscription, I think you'll be good. Yep. Or you could call in sick. Yeah, you could. You could just sound like RC sounds like right now. Yeah, there you they go. wouldn't even question you. You weren't supposed to say that on the show, RC. (laughs) His bosses listen, okay? I forgot. forgot. Speaking of college football, TCU sneaks into the college football playoffs. Um, Do you think that was the right call, Leo, or would you rather have Alabama in there? Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I didn't I didn't see what bowl of the game they're in. Uh, well, TCU is in the college football playoffs along with Michigan, Ohio State, and uh, Georgia. Those are your four oh. teams. But TCU losing the conference champion uh, conference uh, Big Twelve conference championship, um, and still staying at three. They did not move at all in the rankings, even though they took a loss in overtime to Kansas State. A lot of people have said TCU should have been out. Alabama should have been in. Alabama has two losses. TCU lost in overtime to the number 10 ranked school in the country. To me, TCU stays in. I, I Alabama can't be in the playoffs every year. Look, here in a couple of years, Alabama yeah, will Alabama be in the playoffs. Alabama has two we'll losses, though. Exactly. They got two losses. Um, and here in a couple of years, when we have 12 teams in the college playoff system, which, by the way, is awesome, Alabama's going to be in yeah, that every year like they're never going to not be one of those top 12 teams uh so they'll be there in the college I, i'm fine with tcu in um i could make an argument maybe ohio state doesn't belong in but i think they're one of the best uh teams in college football i really think once again college football uh selection committee is looking for a specific matchup they've done this a few years in a row now 
And I think they're looking for a rematch of Ohio State-Michigan in the national championship game because that game was an incredible game. The numbers for it, the ratings for it were off the charts. And if they could work it out where that's the national championship game here in a few weeks, they would love to have that. Yeah, yeah uh, big. Go ahead, RC. I was just say going back to like the game. I did attend on Friday. Yeah, you um, were there as, on the yeah, UTSA all, side. Uh, no, I was not. Um, as you all know, Francesca's graduating in like twelve days from UNT. Woo-hoo. So my money and my butt was going to be on that seat and for UNT. <laughs> and so um, she had re- got she had received an email. So her ticket was free, and then she was able to get extra tickets for ten dollars. So, of course, we were, like, right above the UNT band, so I cannot hear. You heard I had nothing. Extra, I screamed extra loud over all of that. Um, but it was fun. It was fun. I wish, you know, Francesca was cheering for UNT. I, I wore a UTSA shirt. So, if anyone says, what shirt did I wear? It did say UTSA. Um, but it was very difficult being in that section because everybody around me was UNT. But I will say... Via Park and Ride did an amazing job. I know that day there was traffic was horrible. The weather was bad. It was foggy. It was drizzly. They dropped us off right in front. We walked in, came back out, came back to Crossroads, and got in the car. I will never, ever go park my car for a vent at the Alamo Dome. It was perfect. Yeah, That's all if- I'm going to say. If Via Park and Ride is available, utilize that, man. It's it's They drop you off right at the front. You don't have to walk through no. uh, 8 million parking lots and up and down stairs and do all that mess. You can walk over and tailgate. You don't have to go right in the stadium if you don't want to. Right. But if Park and Ride is available, make use of it, man. That's the way to go. And I've paid, don't tell Jerry, I've paid $50 for parking. What? That's on $50. you. $50. Uh, well, I didn't. Want, well, it was supposed to rain after the game, and I was not going to be walking in the rain far away. So I yeah. paid fifty bucks. Nope. I didn't have to walk that far. I got a wet just a tad bit. But park and ride for Chess and I to go and come back, five dollars and twenty cents. Yep. Never yep. again. So college football is getting ready to go into its bowl season and certainly into the college football playoffs. That'll be a lot of fun. And then we've got the NFL. So, what? Leo, what? let's talk about the NFL, Leo. Let's talk about okay, Cowboys. I, I, I seem to remember at the beginning of the season, you being very excited because very the hyped. one piece that your Broncos needed was a good, solid quarterback. And you had Russell Wilson now. Uh, now, uh, near the end of the two thirds of the way through the season. How are you feeling about that now? Oh. Uh... That's how I feel. <laughs> it's been very it. frustrating, a very frustrating year to be a Denver Broncos fan um, because the expectations were, you know, so high. I don't think anybody thought we were going to win a Super Bowl, but certainly be competitive, um, you know, make the playoffs or or be right there. It's hard in that division because you have the Chiefs and everybody expected the, and Chargers, the Chargers to be yeah. really good. Um I don't think anyone, uh, you know, in Broncos country expected to be the worst team in the division, 
uh, behind the Raiders. And even the second worst team, if you're going by record in the NFL right now, uh, second only to the Houston, uh, Houston Texans. Yeah. Um, and right now, if you were to ask my opinion, if, if Denver plays Houston, who wins that game? Mm. <laughs> I mean, uh, Houston's going to have a hard time scoring <clears throat> points. Uh, every Everybody has a hard time scoring points against the Broncos. The problem is the Broncos have a really hard time scoring points. Um, and I can't put the blame all on Wilson. I do put a lot of the blame on him. Um, but some of that lies on Nathaniel Hackett as a head coach who has to have a system in place that's going to benefit his quarterback. He obviously does not, has not since the beginning of the season. Um, you could talk about the injuries to the wide receivers, the offensive line. There's all of that, but those guys weren't hurt for the most part at the beginning of the season and they still struggled then. Um, I, I think, I think uh, this is uh, Nathaniel Hackett's rookie year as a head coach. And it's really showing, I think uh, he's wasn't as good as he thought he was going to be. He was he's not as good as a lot of us were hoping for. He's a great guy. And that's the hard part is everyone in as all indications, everything you read, everyone in the building, everyone around the organization loves the guy. He says all the right things, uh, uh, does all the right stuff as far as uh, being a leader in the building. But once you get out on the field, he hasn't shown it. So I think that's if I have to put my finger on one single thing, it starts with the head coach. Um, Ijiro. um, the defensive coordinator has done an outstanding job with the defense and put that team in position to win just about every game this year. Um, and the offense just hasn't been able to put any points on the board. Uh, I think, I think the, uh, the stat was if, if they could just score 18 points a game, they they'd only have one loss. Yeah. That's all they need is 18 points. And they're not even averaging 14. They're yeah, averaging 13 point eight, I believe. There are two coaches in the NFL who are first-year coaches in their positions that I think are already on the hot seat, and they are both in the same division. It is Denver's Nathaniel Hackett and Las Vegas's uh, whatever his name is, Josh McDaniel. Um, I think both of them. Yeah. I think both teams are going. This is not what we. This is not even. This is not even acceptable for year one. Um, now. I understand that Nathaniel Hackett is a well-liked guy, but that only takes you so far. Um, There have been a lot of really well-liked guys that have been shown their walking papers. um, And I think, uh, and for that matter, you might even throw Levy Smith into that, um, that, that group. He's a first year head coach with his team. They are not doing well, but I don't know that anybody expected more than they're getting out of Levy Smith and the Houston Texans this particular year. I mean, they're starting Davis Mills. Um, but those other two teams had uh, aspirations of something higher. And both of these coaches in the same division have just fallen flat. Um, I I would not be surprised to see one or both of those guys end up uh, looking for a new job as the season comes to an end, which... You know, I don't know. Uh, you get your shot, and if that's what you do with your shot, uh, it hurts. 
But mm-hmm. uh, I expected more. I gave you a hard time all the way through the preseason, but I really expected the Broncos to be a lot better than they are. Uh, certainly yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. Everybody did. I mean, we were awful. Everyone was fooled. There were lots of people in the media, high ESPN, high expectations for the Denver Broncos. Now that they had uh, Russell Wilson under center, everybody thought he would uh, be the answer. Russell Wilson came out and acted the part, uh, made lots of news. I, I didn't realize what a corny guy he is, like excessively. Cause I didn't pay attention to him at, at that level, you know, when he was in Seattle, but now that he's in Denver and it's, you know, in front of my face constantly, it's like, okay, I could see you doing this when you're winning, but when you're not winning, th- this stuff isn't cool. Like you, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. You, you need to focus more on, on your job that you're getting paid, you know, a lot the, of money to do <laughs> the whole, the whole Broncos country. Let's ride thing. If you're yeah. winning, if you're winning, that becomes this mantra that people get behind. In current state, it is a punchline. It yeah. is, yeah, it it is, is. something it's that a is a joke right now. It's like, like Broncos country, let's ride. High knees in the plane ride over to the over to the London game. Right. The quote where he said he has Wolverine blood for because he was able to recover from an injury. I mean, it's just the corny stuff like that. And yeah. the, the, there's another one out there. He's got more bathrooms in the big house that he bought over in the Denver area than touchdowns. And, um, yeah, than passing touchdowns. He deserves all of it. He deserves all he deserves all of that flack that he's getting until he can, you know, shut shut everyone up. Now, when you do something at a high level and do it well for 10 years, there's no way you're not good at it. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I'm not saying he's a pretender. I'm saying he's good in a system. He's good yeah under certain conditions and the Broncos have not put him in that situation. And he's, he's definitely not up to the task. They need to do what they can to get the Russell Wilson that we've seen in the last 10 years. Cause like it or not, they're married to him for the next, at least two years. It's a four year contract that they signed with him, but really it's, it's the contract is heavy in the first two years of those four years. Right. If they were to decide to part ways with him in year three, it wouldn't be such a big hit. So uh, they need to do what they can uh, to help him out in, in year, you know, in year two. So we'll see how it goes, but yeah, definitely a hard season to be a Broncos fan and not at all what we expected. The Bears aren't doing terrible there, RC, but they're not well, they're is, not just owning the, the league either. Well, November was a horrible month for them. And and I'll I'll give you the facts. So for on November sixth, when they played against the Dolphins, they lost by three points. Heartbreak. The following week, November thirteenth, they played against the Lions. They lost by one point. The third game in November, November twentieth. They played against the Falcons, and they lost 27-24 by three points. Those are hard losses back to back to back. And they were close. They played their heart out. So, um, you know, yes, it's a hard season, but it was a really bad month for the Bears. Yeah. That's all I can say. For sure. You know, my my observation of the Bears, Philip, Justin Fields – um, looks like he can be a very dynamic and I love him. you know dangerous quarterback. But as we've had the discussion before, 
how long do quarterbacks last in, in the NFL when a big part of their game is, you know, running the ball rather than, you know, staying in that pocket yep. and protecting your body and, and, and throwing the ball. Um, I mean, he's led the, the bears in rushing on multiple games this year, I think. Um, right. And uh, a, a tremendous athlete, a good quarterback, but I, I worry about how long he's going to last. Yeah. You I mean, I think at that speed forever. You know what I mean? You just can't. And I think and you're seeing forever, but at least five years. <laughs> and I think you're it. seeing right now in Baltimore, uh, a guy that plays the game that way, that his body just can't make it through a whole season. Uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson is an incredible athlete. He is an incredible football player. But when you play that position that way, it is not long before your body starts wearing down in a way that you just can't make it through a full 17 game season and into the playoffs. And, and we're at seeing this that level. Yeah. At right. the level, the NFL level. Yeah. I mean, the size and speed in that league is just ridiculous. And the hits you could take, you know, in college or in, you know, the, the lower level uh, professional football, they're not the same hits you're taking in the NFL. Yeah. You see, no. you see his body degrading there for yeah. Lamar uh, Jackson. You see uh, Patrick Mahomes, even who plays the game in that kind of loose, um, am I going to pass? Am I going to run away? Who is, I don't know if you see it. I see him starting to regress just a little bit, not a lot. He can still do amazing things, but he's not doing the amazing things he was doing two years ago. Um, those are already starting to become fewer and far between. And I can see that he's still pretty amazing though. No, he's an yeah, amazing. I, I, no, I can yes. see your point. So the Broncos are what they are. There's always next season. The Bears, some things to be hopeful about. And then, who haven't we talked about yet? Let's see. Um, well, let's see. Let me think. Let me think. Oh, yeah. No. The <laughs> the, Dal- the Packers. The- <laughs> so <laughs> I know everybody expects a Dallas Cowboy fan to come on and crow and be like, ah, 9-3, and three, and we're one of the best teams, and we just – we just absolutely destroyed the Colts and we're going to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, it happens every year. I feel really good about where the Cowboys <laughs> are right now. I don't Nine know that three. I will feel good about where the Cowboys are in three weeks. Um, I hope so. But this is really scary to me because we have games lined up against teams that we should absolutely beat. Um, our next game. Why is it losing? Why am I losing my mind right now? Uh, the next game we have is, is against, against the, the Texans. Texans. Yeah, that's what. Okay, December eleventh. Yeah, this we've Sunday. Got, we've got. They're not, they're not going to lose that game. We've got the Texans. We've got the Jaguars before we go in against the Eagles. I am hoping against hope uh, that the Eagles can take one loss between now and then, and that we can run those two games, which we should do. And what that will set up is an amazing football game on Christmas Eve because the winner of that game will most likely, uh, if the Eagles can lose a game, the winner of that game will most likely win the East and probably have a really good shot at being the number one seed in the NFC. Because uh, while the Eagles have beat the Cowboys... If the Cowboys beat the Eagles, that ties their head-to-head record. It would go to conference record, and the Eagles lost a game to the Commanders, 
whereas we have run the table against our conference, uh, which means, or against our division, I'm sorry, which means uh, that a win over the Eagles would put the Cowboys in the driver's seat. That's just fun. I don't know if the Cowboys win that game. I don't know if they lose the game. I just know those kind of stakes for a game on the afternoon of Christmas Eve is going to be fun. Like, I want to see the Eagles lose a game not because I want that shot. I do. But I just want a, a game where those those are the stakes. Um, let's do that. Uh, can, can the Eagles forfeit a, a game just so we get those kind of those well, stakes? I, I, don't I have bad. Like that. I I have bad news for you. The Bears play the Eagles this week. Let's go Bears! <laughs> go Bears! Go the Bears! Bears. So, Philip, would you say, compared to to other years, I know it's just about an annual thing where Cowboys fans get excited with what they see and they start talking Super Bowl and everything happens just about every year, and then there's letdowns. But would you say this year the defense is something to be excited about more so than in any recent memory? If the Cowboys steer into the identity of a defense and run-heavy team with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, I know this sounds like typical Cowboy fan, they can win the Super Bowl. They can like they are that good a team that I don't think any, there there is not anybody in the league if that's who the, who their identity becomes that they wouldn't go up against that I can't that I would say no they 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 don't have a good chance to win that game. Mm-hmm. They've got Ezekiel Elliott, they've got Tony Pollard, they've got an incredible offensive line and they've got the best it's hard to say. I think it's the best defense in the league. You throw out Denver, you throw out uh San Francisco, they're really good defenses too. Um but if that's who they are, then I think that they are as good a team as there is in the NFL. The problem is that Kellen Moore scares me because he tries to get cute on offense and turn this game, turn this team into a pass-heavy offense. And if he does that down the stretch, we're going to start falling apart. He, he tries to make things too complicated, and he tries to go to what his strength was— because he was a quarterback, I want to pass the ball. That is not the strength of this team. If they can keep their identity where it should be, there's no team that scares me. If they lose that identity, there's no way uh, that they will make it past the first round of the playoffs. And that's just where they're at. Yeah, I think you're right Um, from what I've seen. And that 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 duo, that two-headed monster that they have there now of Pollard and, and Elliot has really turned out to be pretty good. I mean, they're pretty scary in, in tandem, the, the way they've worked together this year. What's um, incredible about that? You've got a strong run game like that, and then a defense could be tough to beat. What's incredible about that pairing, I could be wrong on this. I probably am. But the way that I read the signals from both of those guys, they love working together and competing against each other and, and being on a team together. And Tony Pollard knows that he is not a number one back. Now people will say, oh, he runs great. He's got a he's got a five, you know, nearly five yards per carry is his average. And all that's true. But when Zeke went down with a, a knee injury about halfway through this season. There were times Tony Pollard would come back to the sideline gassed. 
He knows he's not a guy that's going to carry the ball on every play, and he accepts that. That being said, Zeke's contract gets a lot easier to manage at the end of this year. There's no longer guaranteed money attached to it, and there could be some restructuring. I think Jerry's the kind of guy that might be able to talk Tony Pollard into staying with the Cowboys, signing a new contract where he gets a lot more money, and they slide some of Zeke's money over to Tony and keep that backfield in place. If they do that, if Jerry can make that happen, you've got a you've got a potential dynasty kind of team getting set up all of a sudden. Um, okay, let me throw in Odell Beckham. Okay, let's talk OBJ. Okay, let's talk about that. So OBJ visited the Cowboys uh, this week. He's been there for right. the past two days. He went to a Mavericks game with some of the players, with Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. He enjoyed it. He wants to be a Cowboy. He does. But my understanding is after his physical, the front office on the Cowboys cooled a lot on him because they were told that most likely he would not be ready to play until mid-January at the earliest. If he had come in, even without a workout, and passed a physical completely where the doctors had said, good to go, I think he'd be a Dallas Cowboy right now. I think Jerry wouldn't have let him get on a plane without signing him to a contract. But my understanding is as soon as he came out and the doctors gave their report, the front office went, eh, I don't know about giving this guy four years. I don't know about giving this guy a big contract. I'm not saying he won't be a cowboy. I'm just saying that that whatever they the they found out in his physical cooled things down a lot is what I'm hearing, um, and that's a bummer because I, you know I don't need Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think the Cowboys need him, but adding a weapon like Odell Beckham Jr. is not going to hurt you. It is only going to make you better, um, and they need that receiver. They need another receiver to kind of draw some attention away from CD uh, and away from these excellent tight ends that they have. So um, that that's my thinking on Odell Beckham. I'd love to see him. I hope we get him, um, but I want to get him for the right price. And if he's not ready to sign, if he's not, if he's not valuable enough for four year deal, that's going to hurt us in the back two or three years of that deal then don't sign him. Uh, we don't need him yeah. that bad. He's not going to be the difference maker between a Super Bowl or not. Their running game, their defense, those are the things that are going to be the difference. And what about Ezekiel getting benched for doing that kettle thing where he jumped into the kettle? He didn't get benched. That's what I heard. Nah, he didn't get benched. Okay. Uh, he's going to get fined, but they all get fined for jumping fined. in the kettle. Yeah. Get, I don't think they even care at this point. So I know it sounds like typical Cowboy fan for me to be like, ooh, they could be a Super Bowl team. But I'm going to be honest, if they stick with the right um, if they stick with the right identity as a team, I think they can be a Super Bowl team. Remember, they lost to the Eagles. They still had uh, Cooper Rush in the backfield. And Cooper Rush is not a bad quarterback, but he's a backup quarterback. Dak is a different, uh, a different quarterback. And uh, when we play the Eagles... On Christmas Eve, I expect for that game to be a big game. Big, big game. Yeah. I had some uh, computer issues, so I missed most of what you just said, but just a little bit that I heard, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And yeah, that's going to be a big game uh, on, on Christmas Eve for sure. 
uh, I'm sure that's circled on a lot of Cowboys fans calendars and Eagles fans calendars. So, um, looking forward to that one and, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tougher for the Eagles and for the Cowboys though, if I'm being honest and that's hard for me to say, but it's going to be tough. Look, Eagles fans are, are holding up their one loss schedule and they're very excited about that. And they should be, um, their team is playing really well, but I will point out that they played the Colts three weeks ago and barely squeaked out with a victory. We played the Colts on Sunday night and ran them out of the building in the fourth quarter. Um, just based on common opponents within the last month, uh, the Cowboys are somebody that they should be worried about. I don't, I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to win that game. I'm just saying it's going to be a competitive game. Um, they, anybody that thinks the Eagles are... Uh, Dan Orlovsky was on ESPN the other day talking about how the Eagles were not even in the same league as the Cowboys. They were 10 times better than the Cowboys. That's just not the case. They are competitive. No. These two teams are going to be competitive. And I don't know who's going to win. I hope it's the Cowboys. That's what it's like to be a fan. But it is going to be a competitive game. Um, It'll be a good I'm, game to watch. I'm still not sold on Jalen Hurts. Like, I still think Jalen Hurts is going to be a guy that coughs up the ball at a time uh, when the pressure really just piles on him. He does not strike me as the calm, collected quarterback. He seems like he panics some. And that starts to hurt you at the back end of the of the year and into the playoffs when you panic. Yeah, uh, he's still unproven. I think. I mean, he's had he's had a really great year, obviously, but uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what what he does under the kind of pressure that we know the the Cowboys can. But I mean, they're they're leading the NFL in sacks, right? So yeah, um, yeah, that's going to make that it means, that says something. Yeah, but Jalen Hurts is one of those kind of guys that you can't just run back into the pocket and sack like they do Matt Ryan. No, you know? he's elusive for sure, yeah. <laughs> he's no Matt Ryan. I, I felt bad for Matt Ryan on Sunday night. There were some of those, uh, there, you know, there come of the, some of those sacks where what do you expect your quarterback to do, man? Uh, he is still in his drop back, and there's a guy you know, flying over the pile and taking his head off. you got to protect your quarterback better than they're protecting Matt Ryan. It's... I felt oh, yeah. bad for Matt Ryan. Uh, I felt bad for Matt Ryan on Sunday. I didn't feel bad for Matt Ryan because that's what I've been watching all year in, in Denver. <laughs> so it was just more of the same. But yeah, I think the Cowboys are a potential Super Bowl team. Don't hear me say, yeah, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Man, the fan side of me wants to be that way. But I've just seen way too much of football in this team in the past to just yeah. be that guy. I want them to. I hope they can finally get off the schnei and get over to uh, the NFC Championship game, maybe the Super Bowl. But I am, remember, I'm a Cowboy fan that gets annoyed by Cowboy fans. So I understand people who get frustrated with with Skip Bayless type of Cowboy fans when they come in and, you know, start yelling and screaming, we're going to win a Super Bowl. Man, it's hard. It's hard to win a Super Bowl. And uh, nothing, nothing should prove that more than the last 30 years of Dallas Cowboys football. Um, everything's got to fall just right. And maybe it will this year. Uh, they've got the potential for that to happen, but they can also mess it up. And Stephen A. Smith is right when he says there are some teams that you can just count on to mess it up. And the Dallas Cowboys over the, over the last uh, couple of decades have been one that have just kind of found a way to mess it up. Even when they have everything seemingly lined up, he's not wrong. It seems like the fans, you can tell the the Cowboys record 
if the fans call them the cowgirls or the cowboys. Yeah, I've never liked the cowgirls thing, but I, I get it. It's fun. The e- e-girls. Uh, I hear people call the eagles the e-girls all the time. Um, Donkeys. Yeah. Donkeys for the Broncos. I think every team has, you know, their their They're hate name. Yeah. yeah, their hate name. Man, I um, love football. Um, we've got yeah. great stories all the way around from the Brahmas to the the gunslingers um, over to the Roadrunners, which, by the way, we just saw in one of our breaks, the Roadrunners are going to have a river parade this Friday night. Um, Very cool. Go head awesome. out to the river and cheer on Frank uh, and the rest of your uh, Roadrunners. Uh, two-time, back-to-back Conference USA <clears throat> champions as they move on to the American Athletic Conference. And then, of course, the NFL. NFL is always a big story. If you're a football fan and you don't watch the NFL, I don't know what you're doing. Um, that is the game on the highest level. And there's no reason. Man, there is nothing better in the world than your team playing either Sunday night or Monday night. You know, one of those uh, one of those games that um, is nationally televised and turning on NFL Red Zone Channel for like seven hours on Sunday. And they just bounce around from game to game and you see touchdown after touchdown and uh, NFL, all commercial free NFL red zone is amazing. Do you watch NFL red zone, Leo? Yes. Yes. It's amazing to watch. Friggin' there's nothing better than your team being one of those other games. So you don't have to miss one of those time slots and just riding through the whole afternoon watching NFL red zone. God's great. Yeah, it's usually what I'm watching if the Broncos aren't playing. If the Broncos play, then then I'm absolutely paying attention to that game. And then, of course, there's some, you know, key matchups that I really am interested in want to watch that. But if if not, then I'm just watching the Red Zone. That's, yeah, Red that's Zone really, is excellent stuff. It's a great, great way stuff. to watch football, NFL football. Yeah, I'm watching the Christmas movie. Sorry. What uh, what Christmas movies have you watched already? <clears throat> well, the classic Elf. Um, we were watching a new channel and it's labeled the Christmas movies. Um, there was one, uh, with, um, oh, I forgot her name, but it was in new Orleans and they were talking about the Prowlins. That was a good one. Um, she, and also Rudy was in that one. Sean Austin. Mm-hmm. No. Sam, Samwise Genji. I'm sorry. Rudy from the Huxtables. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. This is where he we differ. Something. You He's say Rudy, and I think I you think, think uh, football, Rudy. football, man. I'm sorry, Keisha from the um, Huxtables. She yes, was one of the characters. So. Anyway, different Sundays. That's all I got to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, have you seen the uh, the uh, Christmas Story, the the new one? Yes, I have it. I have it. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Well yeah. done. They have tried okay, three awesome. times to make a sequel to the Christmas Story. To a Christmas story. One was a summer, uh, them taking a summer trip together. It was bad. And then they did a movie called Christmas Story 2. It has Daniel Stern in it, where Ralphie is a teenager trying to get a car. Also bad. Mm. Then they did this, A Christmas Story Christmas. It's on HBO Max. It is excellent. It is very well done. It captures the spirit of the original. A lot of the original cast is in it. Uh, definitely worth your time and and worth the Christmas movie rotation. Uh, Great family movie. I, yes. I, I was, yeah, yeah. Really good to watch with the family. So uh, I love that you said the classics like Elf, 
Um, I love that Elf is a classic movie, even though it's less than 20 years old. Um, I love that it's one of the classic Christmas movies I've already watched. Die Hard. Oh, let's get started oh, on that. It's not a Christmas had to bring movie. that up again. Uh, the one I've gotten a chance to sit down and watch, two different versions of it, actually. Miracle on 34th Street. Um, both the 19, 1937 version with Natalie the Wood. Black and white. Incredible. Yeah. Just an incredible movie. And then even the 1990s version with Richard Attenborough and uh, Mara Wilson and Elizabeth Perkins, also very well done. Um, not the same movie, not on the, not even on the same level. The no. original blows it away, but it's still a really good movie. It's still very well done. Mara Wilson is just, when she was that age, she was one of the cutest kids on the face of the earth. Mrs. Doubtfire and uh, Matilda and this miracle on 34th street like mara wilson was awesome back when she was a little kid she probably still is awesome i don't know um so football like and christmas or, movies or christmases or christmases is a classic too never seen I it like that. oh you need to uh, i need to watch that's it. a good one that's i need to, one. uh christmas with the cranks is one that i enjoy but i don't Always. want to enjoy like it's not a good movie Christmas with the Cranks is not a good. It is a mess of a movie. It is. It is really a mess. But I love it. Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen Christmas with the Cranks, skip ahead about uh, twenty seconds. The part of that movie where he, who has spent his whole time we've known him, Tim Allen's character, uh, getting this cruise and making sure everything is perfect with this cruise, and he walks across the street in the snow, and offers it up to his neighbor that he's been fighting with the whole movie because she is going through cancer and he knows they need a break and he wants to be home with his daughter who showed up from Peru. Like the, right. the heartfelt moment of that movie makes it a, makes it a wonderful movie. It is a mess of a movie. It is really bad, but that one moment redeems the whole thing for me. Love well, it. I'll tell you this. Francesca loves the scene where um, the daughter comes from the airport she has a police escort, right? Yes. Um, so, and she loves the song from Darlene Love. She says every year she comes home from Christmas thinking that we're going to reenact that. So the secret <laughs> is, she goes, I'm going to move out of the city just so you can do that. And I was like, all right. So we're waiting on that. She's got to go to like Peru and get a boyfriend there and then come home. We're not, we're not even looking for that. Just go to <laughs> Dallas, go to Houston, go somewhere, get a job. <laughs> Uh, no, Christmas with the Cranks, again, mess of a movie. Just really a mess of a movie. But that one moment makes it worthwhile. If you've never seen it yeah. because you think it's an I've awful, it. terrible mess of a movie, you're right. But watch it because it's got that one scene in it that will just sell it. It just makes it. Um, great Christmas movies. We're watching It's a Wonderful Life this week because uh, we, we, okay. we map out what we're watching. And I love It's a Wonderful Life, one of my favorites. Oh, nice. by far. So, football and Christmas movies, it's a great time of year. They do go together. They do, do they? Of course they do. We need a football Christmas movie. Is there such a thing? Ooh, we can make one. Sure, let's do that. That yeah. would be great. What would uh, we call it? Um, the kickoff Christmas? The Christmas kickoff. There you go. There we go. Booyah. Leo, we're going to make a Christmas movie called The Christmas Kickoff because there's no Christmas football movies that we can you know think what? of. I can't think of one either. You're absolutely right. 
I mean, there's a idea. There, there's <laughs> right? a foot. There's a football scene in one of the Santa Claus movies, but it's one of the Santa Claus movies uh, with Tim Allen in it. So, yeah. And there's always football at Christmas, so I'm I'm surprised that's not a thing yet. Like, how how is that? I don't you know. You heard it here first. Wow. Christmas kickoff. You hey, heard it here first. We might we might be able to make a connection with someone in the movie industry. Robert Rodriguez that's, is actually that's... from San Antonio. There you go. And he yes, is our producer. Yeah. Nobody says was, Christmas was, movies like Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> Spy Kids. I was more thinking of a connection through from the, dust till dawn. X, through the XFL uh, sure. with with The Rock. He's already done his share of uh, football oh, movies. He has but, done oh, some movies. Oh, yeah, movie. him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of the people call Robert him is DJ. They call him DJ. Did you know that? Yeah. Dwayne Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. I know, but I, I, I'm off The Rock. But I guess to be cool, I'll start calling him DJ. You just If you meet him, you got to call him Mr. The Rock. Um, excuse Mr. me, Mr. The Rock. The Rock. Mr. If he, DJ. Look, I, I got to tell you, this. It, we, if he doesn't come out for the first game of the week in the XFL and say, can you smell what the XFL is cooking? He has done it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how the that XFL be- kicked off. I think that would be great, but I don't know if that's what's going to happen. I, if if he doesn't do it, he's doing it wrong. Like it just is. He's got to come what's out. Song? Hmm? What's the song that he sings in Moana? You're welcome. You're welcome. That's yeah. what he should be singing. You're welcome. The first no. game. No, I will never forget big eyebrows and everything when Vince McMahon started the XFL. Uh, yeah. D- D- uh, Dwayne Johnson kicked the whole game off. With a yep. wild, exaggerated, can you smell what the NS, yes. uh, what the XFL is XFL cooking? Is cooking. And if yeah. he doesn't start the season off that way this time, he is doing it wrong. I know he listens. That one's free. I won't even charge you for it. <laughs> well, guys, it's been great talking. Yes, it has been. Yeah. We will talk more as the seasons get up, but we will see all, all, everybody, everybody that's listening, and I'll see you guys in San Antonio. Remind us where it is. MacArthur Park. MacArthur Park Pavilion, Pavilion number three. three. Is it three or four? Well, I was thinking three, but now you have me second guessing myself. It's <laughs> at MacArthur Park where there's a huge crowd. You'll want to go there. there. Yeah, a huge crowd there. Yes. And bring an unwrapped toy. Yep. Come to the Brahma Mama table. Sign up. 10 and, to 3. And take pictures with Brahma. What is it? Brahma Claus. Brahma Claus. Uh, well, with that being said, I don't know that there's a lot more to say. Uh, we will talk to everybody here in a few days. We'll be spending time with everybody, getting some food on, getting some drink on, having a great time. Meeting everybody. It is Pavilion Four that is confirmed. Pavilion Four, yes. Sorry that we said it wrong before. Uh, it's it's RC's fault. Um, <laughs> but uh, Pavilion Four, ten a.m. to three p.m. Fan Fest, uh, December tenth. Uh, don't miss it. Like let's get let's get excited about San Antonio Brahma's football. For that matter, let's get excited about San Antonio Gunslingers football and UTSA Roadrunner football and all of the football uh, that we get to deal with here in 
San Antonio. It's a great time to be a football fan in San Antonio. If you don't recognize that, I don't know why you just listened to two hours of a podcast. Um, I I really lost. (laughs) As to why you've been listening to this, if you don't think that it's an exciting time uh, to be a football fan here in San Antonio. Uh, When it comes to football in San Antonio, whether it's the XFL, NAL, Conference USA, AAF, AAC, or eventually one day, maybe far in the future, but the NFL, when it comes to football, the 210 has got something to say. Bang, bang.